The January 6th committee is the stupidest crackpot garbage I've ever seen in my life. These people are despicable. I view them all as uh, unrepentantly evil scumbags, the embodiment of everything wrong with Congress and our federal government. And they have released text messages from Trump's inner circle. And I guess, I don't know what their point was, but they just basically disproved the whole insurrection narrative. They, they released text messages showing that high profile conservative personalities, Donald Trump Jr. himself, tons of members of Congress were texting Mark Meadows, chief of staff at the time for Donald Trump saying, tell him to condemn this. We have to act. It's bad. Shut it down. And then Trump did speak out and condemn it, and they still got mad at him. So if the narrative is that Trump was trying to stage a conspiracy or insurrection when quite literally all the evidence is pointing to these people saying, please stop this, they've accidentally disproved their own stupid narrative. But they're still going for it because now they're like, yeah, well, Laura Ingram said this is really bad for us and then claimed it was Antifa. And it's like, yeah, you can still claim a, a riot is bad for you or just bad in general and still think there was Antifa there. At least one of the guys who was there was apparently some Antifa-affiliated guy. But I think the narrative that Antifa was leading the charge is just not correct. That being said, the narrative is stupid. But we'll talk about that. we got a couple other big stories, too. Inflation is alarming, to say the least. The producer price index, I think it's called, is uh, up nearly 10%. So this is like the cost of goods for wholesalers. This is the fastest growth on record. This is, I don't know. I call it apocalyptic because what we're hearing across the, uh, you know, over the, the Pacific is that this could trigger a global economic collapse. Not just this, but also the fact that the consumer price index is massively high. Food prices are higher than they've been in decades. And there's no sign that's going to get better. And then we got to, uh, Elon Musk. He's currently tweeting at Senator uh, Warren, insulting her. It's really funny. And we'll talk about that too. Joining us today is Jordan Schachtel. How's it going, man? Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hold hey. Up. You can pull that mic up and straighten it up. This good? Yeah, yeah you can move it around. Totally you yeah. can move it around. It just goes everywhere. No, Tim, thanks so much for having me on. I don't know if anyone knows there's like a mythology surrounding this place. So whenever a, a new guest enters, we start to talk to our buddies about what it was like. And uh, it's definitely living up to the hype. I saw the, I saw the skate park and, and everything. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I'm a I'm an independent journalist. I run the the dossier on Substack right now. Been doing it for about a year. It's going great. Um, you know, uh, my background's in foreign policy, but I've been covering COVID mania for now the next two years or so. And um, there's some very interesting developments that we're going to talk about today. And, yeah. And you know, I really appreciate you guys bringing me in. Cool, man. Thanks for coming. Wait until you find out about the initiation rituals that are oh, going to yeah. happen afterwards. <laughs> but that's another story. Hey, guys. Um, I do believe it's very important to take their own language and to use it against them. And that's why I created this shirt that says Freedom Super Spreader, which you could exclusively exclusively get on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. And because you do, I'm here. So thanks for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. What's up, everybody? Ian Crossland over here. Happy to be here. IanCrossland.net. Check it out. And I'm also here in the corner pushing buttons, which is my favorite job in the world. Um, I'm happy to be here with Jordan, for who came up from Florida, right? Yeah, South Florida. About and everybody's in Florida. Yeah. In the right. Miami region. I'm sorry awesome. to bring you up to our, our swamp land, but I'm glad you're here. I, I lived Miami. here six years, for six years. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We're near DC. Isn't South Florida literally swamp land? Yeah. Uh, the Everglades. Okay. So if you go a little west, yeah. uh, it's a giant swamp filled with <laughs> yeah. terrifying gators. Nice. It's but crazy. The it's massive, too. I lived, I lived right next to it. I lived in uh, the Redlands. Okay. Yeah, for about a year. And Miami's absolutely amazing. But the weather is just Not apocalyptically amazing. bad. Also, don't forget, go to TimCast.com, become a member, and directly support our work. We launched a new show recently. We launched our first book. It's available on Amazon. 
We're not big fans of Amazon, but Tales from the Inverted World is now available for purchase, a paperback book on Amazon, and we're going to ramp that up soon and, and get more stuff rolling out with that. But you'll also get access to our members-only segments. We'll have a members-only segment of the Tim Kessarrell podcast up around 11 or so p.m. All of this is possible. Everything we do is only possible because you guys sign up to become members. So I am deeply appreciative for all of your support. And don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share this show with your friends. And now let's get into that first story. You know, when I first saw this this morning, the story about the, them leaking text messages, I got really angry because I am disgusted by these establishment shills, these disgusting, vile creatures of Congress. They are, they are, they are ca- cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers who have lurched up from the underground, crawled into Congress, and we just sit back and we're like, yeah, I guess we'll keep voting for these people. But hopefully now people are waking up and they will vote out all of these people, especially people like Liz Cheney. From the story from The Independent, Donald Trump Jr. sent desperate texts to Mark Meadows during Capitol riot urging Trump to take action. He has to lead now. Revelation of texts come as committee votes to support contempt of Congress charge for former chief of staff. Did I say these people are absolutely vile and disgusting? Because I'll just keep saying it. Now, that being said, the release of these texts, Donald Trump Jr. was urging Mark Meadows to get his dad to condemn the riot at the Capitol. Sounds like they did not want it to happen. Sounds like all of these people in Trump's inner circle were like, yo, stop this. And then Trump came out and issued a statement saying that it was wrong and to go home, go home peacefully. So they just effectively debunked their whole narrative. If that's the case, why should any of this continue? Total clown show. I mean, in a, in a moral civilization, a moral America, Liz Cheney would be shunned from society. I see her picture on the screen there. Uh, as a foreign policy guy, I, I can tell you all the all the wars she supported, all the military armament uh, for the military industrial complex for for all of these special interests. Liz Cheney has the worst of the worst record, and the idea that she's like playing along it, it shows that there's really there, there's two parties in, in America. There's the Uniparty represented by Liz Cheney. <laughs> um, she is a member in good standing. Unfortunately, most of the establishment Republicans and people in charge are also part of that Uniparty. And then you have Nancy Pelosi. And this January 6th committee is uh, utterly, utterly ridiculous. And, and the fact that she's like supposed to be like the Republican side making it authentic, it, it's absurd. They're like bipartisan support for, mm-hmm. you know, uh, contempt of Congress or whatever. The text messages don't really prove an insurrection. <laughs> More about everyone kind of panicking, be like, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. So it's just absurd to see them still complaining because this obviously disproves everything that they were talking about. They claimed that this was orchestrated, this was all planned, they try to take... Uh, obviously through the text messages, this is not true. We're also learning today that a DC, that the DC attorney general is going to be, is going to be suing the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers because of the January 6th attack. So to me, this is all about just the total dominance of political power in the establishment to keep it with themselves and to make sure that, of course, Trump doesn't have any political power going forward in the next uh, election. There's also going to be local elections. And I think they're just kind of fishing for whatever they could get. So they could hit the other side. The other side isn't just as as good. Again, it's all about power. It's all about authority. And they're trying to consolidate as much of it as they can. And it's absolutely authoritarian than it is investigative at all. If we're going to investigate somebody, why not get the text messages of, you know, Mr. Epstein or Ghislaine Maxwell? Let's release that to the general public or the videos or the footage that the FBI is holding to themselves. I would want to know that. I don't care what these people are doing freaking out. You know, the worst, I think the worst person in, in, in Congress probably is probably Mitch McConnell. 
And Absolutely. Then, and then um, the reason I say that over like Nancy Pelosi or whatever, it's like Nancy Pelosi's overt. Mm. You know, what, what is it saying? The, the better the devil, you know. Yep. Like when Nancy Pelosi comes out and she's like, and her teeth are falling out and she rips up <laughs> Trump's speech. I'm like, I can see the disdain. I can see the, the vile behavior. Mitch McConnell just like sticks his head in his shell and then does nothing. But people vote for him, and then you expect to get some kind of resistance what the Democrats are doing. But he's effectively standing in the way of regular Americans as the Democrats, you know, go and do their their crackpot garbage. I think the I don't I don't remember who said this, but they said that the 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 Republicans are the Washington generals to the Democrats, Harlem Globetrotters. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and it's all faked. It's all rigged. It's all like a world wrestling entertainment. I tweeted a, a photo today of Mitch McConnell elbow bumping a uh, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> And the caption read, if um, effing the poor people was a handshake, this would be it. <laughs> and that's absolutely what they're doing. They're screwing over hardworking average Americans who are just trying to live their lives. And they're they're playing this theater, this show, to try to convince you that the other side is the lesser of two evils. Meanwhile, they're working together in collusion. They're two heads of the same snake, and they are a den of vipers. They are sinister reptilian-like beings that are cold-blooded and don't give a damn about you or your friends or your family or the future of this country. They are selling this country to the highest bidder and, and you're getting screwed. That's all figurative. Do you think of course. Do you think yeah. it's the people or the positions that turn the people into those things? I think it's a combination of both mm-hmm. and it also depends on the individual. For for example, Henry Kissinger, I think he's a corrupt, personal, sociopathic, crazy person that just thrives off of creating policies that create human misery for the benefit of his friends. That's my personal perspective and opinion. Other people, I believe, were entangled in the system, came into the system, and they were told, fix the system from the inside. Make it better. You could fix it just by being a part of it. But you just have to sell out on this small issue, and then this small issue, and then this small issue. And then they get them hanging out with Mr. Epstein. They get the videotapes of them, and then bada bing, bada boom, they got them in their pockets, a part of the larger extortion operation. And now they're coming to them saying, hey, we need this unpopular bill passed that's going to screw over your constituency. You're going to have to pass it, or we're going to release the dirt that we have on you. Mm. And and that's essentially Washington, D.C. politics that we're seeing unfold right now and a part of why so many unpopular uh, policies get passed. That's one example of it. The other is just sociopathic individuals. The most amount of sociopaths are located per capita in Washington, D.C. What's, for a specific what, reason. What's that uh, part of the brain where they say that sociopaths have like an underdeveloped or small one? The amygdala? amygdala? Is it the amygdala? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I wonder if we could do like, is there like a, like a, a, a CAT scan or scan, MRI you can MRI. do on like members of Congress to make sure and be like, hey, look at that. They're all psycho. They're and drug the- test them. Oh, yeah. I want drug <laughs> test on all members of Congress. Yes. All right. I want term limits. I want all the restrictions they put on the general public, put on them. Yeah. But, but they, who votes on that? that? That's the problem is that they need to vote for restrictions on themselves. Huh. Yeah. yeah, they're not going to do it. Of they're course. Gonna, you, know, you know, it's like this would actually be like a great sketch. It's like you get some principled politician, maybe like a Rand Paul or something. And he's like, I've got a new bill that says, you know, we're, we're all going to have to undergo drug testing and anything we pass to the American people. And then you'll get like a bunch of politicians. Make, yeah, that, that sounds really, really good. And uh, so we're going to vote on this bill, Rand Paul. It's a bill to give us a raise. Thanks, Rand Paul, for your time. Uh, all in favor of giving us a raise. And they all raise their hands. Uh-huh. And, and then Rand is just sitting there going like, oh. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. 
Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Well, some people argue that they should be given a raise so they won't be tools for the multinational corporations that buy them out. I think, you know, the best uh, example, I think George Carlin was the one advocating for this. Put advertisements on their suits for whoever endorses them and yes. gives them money, which they have to wear everywhere they go. I, I think it's, that's it's, more it's, of an It's a funny idea, but these companies will be like, they'll have dinner with the guy and be like, look, you know, here's a, here's a $100 plate, you know, on K Street. Hope you enjoy the steak. We need you to pass this bill because it's going to be really great for the production of our thing, you know, our, our product. And then uh, maybe uh, half a half a million dollars might find its way towards your super PAC. Exactly. That's e- how even it's done. easier. That's you business. can just have you can have a lobbyist go and meet with Nancy Pelosi. Somehow she ends up worth hundreds of millions of dollars on a congressional salary. Congress is allowed to inside trade as long as there's like a little bit of room between them and their broker. I mean, the system <laughs> that's set up is, is is utterly absurd. They're abusing it. it it's just it, it's so ridiculous. It's such a farce. They're all taking part of it. Um, I don't know if you saw there was a news report today that all of these uh, congressmen and senators are are trading inside information on pharmaceutical companies. And yeah. they're just like kind of allowed to do it for some reason because they're again they're the ones that make the rules so they're never going to impose a limit on themselves unless there's like a giant national movement that says enough is enough i got it i got it you know i'm thinking about how what, what would ron paul do and, he, mm. and he's always talking about competition mm. i say we create a new a second congress to compete with the yeah. other congress maybe, and they pass rules on each other maybe another uh, another country to compete with this to, <laughs> we need more competition in well, this country but the only way that would work is if there was free movement between the other country and people could choose to live there instead which is actually true for a lot of countries and nobody wants to go live there so organized competition you know americans i mean you you can move to a lot of places and they'll welcome you and you don't got to do anything you can just live there i know people who just moved to mexico and mexico is like awesome yeah, great. Well, yeah, and uh, there's a lot of expats all over Latin America who are taking advantage of a lot of freedoms that they're granted uh, and also a lot of health care that usually is a lot better and a lot cheaper than it is here in the United States, especially in major urban areas. So there is a huge movement of expats, people expatriating even to Puerto Rico because of the, um, the tax liability that they're able to get away with uh, down in Puerto Rico rather than, of course, uh, in the United States. So there's, there's been a huge movement of this. And I, I think... It's it's only going to be kind of exacerbated, especially with countries like Mexico saying, hey, this, this mandate stuff is absolute nonsense. We don't believe in punishing our population. We don't believe in locking down our population. We believe in actually doing the right thing. And I think that Mexico has, has really had a kind of clear-headed approach towards this madness that we're dealing with. But, but back to this kind of hyper-politicization January 6th committee meeting, this is a sign of just, again— the political parties at odds with each other, using dirty tricks, abusing authority, because 
The Democrats, as we talked about on the show before, their literal stance on everything is like, hey, we're not Donald Trump. That's not a stance. That's not helping anyone. That's not doing anything. That's them complaining but about somebody. You got to clarify. Ridiculous. It's not Democrat Republican. It's like you were saying, Jordan, uniparty versus like populist, I guess. Statist versus people who believe in freedom. And I think there's a whole bunch of statists. And I think that should be the true yeah. kind of political spectrum that we should be dealing with and talking about rather than left and right. But one of the issues, I suppose, is that the progressives are typically like the, like the, the populist left in this country aligns themselves more with the uniparty. Yep. So with the with the Republicans, you have you got some crazy Republicans, you got some weirdos, but the right wing populists dominate the Republican Party right now. The left wing populists are on the ground begging for scraps. And so what they do is they, you know, they beg Hillary Clinton for the endorsement. They beg Joe Biden. And then Joe Biden's like, I'm going to I'm going to forgive student loan debt if you vote for me. And then all the leftists and all the progressives are like, yes, vote for Biden. And then Biden's like, hey, you, you, you dumbass. I'm not forgiving anything. Yeah. And now the latest news is Joe Biden says he's not going to forgive any. Like, and, and we, 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 we try to tell these young people, idealistic, starry eyed. Joe Biden is not the man you think he is, but they vote for him anyway. They support the establishment. They like to, to, to defend massive multinational corporations and then act like they're the progressives. I got to tell you this. The weirdest thing to me is that all of us here, I'm assuming you, Jordan, I don't know your, your politics on free speech and stuff, but I think we're all to the left of Hassan, Piker, and Vosh when it comes to social media and big tech oh, and corporate yeah. influences. Which brings me to that story specifically. We have this story from TipCast.com. Popular Twitch streamers Hassan, Piker, and Vosh banned from platform for racism against white people. Huh. Literally. Now, I'm actually going to, um, I'm, I've got some criticism for, uh, first, I, I've got criticism for Hassan, absolutely. But I've got criticism and some defense for Vosh. Vosh, I don't think cared at all, overtly stated he was going to say the racial slur, laughed, got banned, and laughed again. So my attitude towards Vosh is, if you publicly say these companies are private companies, they can ban whoever they want. And if you use a slur, you'll get banned. And then you literally go on the channel laughing, saying you're going to do it. I'm like, yeah, respect it. Like you're just trolling. You're like he knew he was going to get banned. It's not hypocritical. I just think he shouldn't be saying the racial slurs. And I think he has bad ideas on you know massive multinational corporations. But I'm not. I'm not going to say it's hypocritical for him to be laughing about it. Now Hassan is the guy who actually puts out videos where he says that people on the right should follow the rules, and they just want to make their own right wing echo chamber and own the libs. But because they break the rules, they get banned. Well, he literally went on his channel and said that he's allowed to say racial slurs, particularly if they're against white people. And now he's gotten a ban for it. The important thing here is Twitch bans are not bans. They're like, they'll reinstate you at some point. So they don't call it suspension or whatever. It's the weirdest thing. They're like, I got banned for this. And then, but they reinstate you tomorrow. Hmm. It's not really a ban. Yeah, they're going to be back, I think, in in a very short time, especially with their uh, user base, whatever they have, saying, hey, please get these people back on these platforms. But it, I still don't understand why people have to describe other people as salty, delicious snacks. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't get it. What, what is that reference to? Um, oh, 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 <laughs> delicious. Luke's yeah. a big fan of Cracker Barrel. It's his favorite restaurant. I absolutely yeah, love Cracker Barrel. So uh, um, anyway, I think you know what word was used. And, uh, no, I'm pretty sure on YouTube you're allowed to say cracker and, and Karen and all that stuff because, uh, YouTube agrees with Hassan in the context. Twitch apparently doesn't, which is weird. Now, I will say though, I don't think you can call someone a cracker. What happened was I think Hassan directly said, you are an effing BA, you know, 
There you go. In general, and, you want to avoid calling people names mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I agree. on social media. That's That draws the ire of admins. Even yeah, if it's yeah, a nice yeah. word, if Bully. you use it as a name-calling tactic. But here, here's, here's the craziest thing to me. When it comes to the idea of left or right in terms of the economic sense, Vosh and Hassan, and, 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 and I normally don't like to talk about like other, you know, internet personalities, but this is relevant towards the, the conversation of the commons. And these are two of some, some, like these are two of the biggest commentators on the internet. Hassan, I believe, is the biggest in the, on the left. How is it that we here at Timcast IRL are to the left of them when it comes to this particular issue? I'm not going to pretend we're to the left of them on a, on a bunch of issues relating to businesses, but we are to the left or at least in the lower quadrant towards libertarian. Yeah, I think when it comes to social media, this is more about authoritarianism and libertarianism, statism versus freedom, more so than it is about left versus right. Where I fall uh, relative to Hassan and them, I don't know, but I think I'm definitely on the libertarian aspect. But this is the, the reason why I say we're to the left. Even Luke is to the left of them on this issue is that what we're talking about is private corporate power taking over the commons. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, et cetera, have seized the, the, the spaces in which we communicate and started exerting their will to force politics in a certain direction. That is not government. That is not state. That is private power that has built up enough of it to seize the commons. Now, I'm pretty sure, Luke, you're opposed to censorship on these platforms. Absolutely. And especially the collusion that a lot of these big tech companies, including Amazon, have with the Pentagon, have with the CIA, and how much they work hand in hand together, which makes them not a private entity, but a quasi state private entity that, of course, colludes together for the personal benefit of the ruling elites and creates billionaires that have way too much power, way too much control, only because of the government allowing them to have this. So I wouldn't even argue on the, on the, on the, yeah, absolutely fascist. I wouldn't even argue that I'm on the left. Again, the spectrum is either you're a statist or you believe in freedom. <laughs> I believe in absolute freedom. Stop ha- stop having multinational corporations colluding with Jeff Bezos, with Amazon, with, with Prime, with Twitch and all that. It's just too much government interference, too much uh, policy directed in yeah. the benefit of them that's screwing to, to, everyone else over, ex- giving an unfair advantage to, to, to regular an, competitors. To an extent, but Gab, Mines, Rumble, Odyssey, all these platforms exist. The issue is they have monopoly power. Exactly. Right. Well, if you look at a lot of the infrastructure that Facebook, that Google, that Amazon have built, they have built it on U.S. tax-paying dollars that, of course, incentivized and worked with the intelligence agencies and a lot of other people within the Pentagon that helped them have an unfair advantage on everyone else. So when you look at the collusion that's been happening, I would argue that it is absolutely not a private enterprise. It is an enterprise that, of course, has its benefits. And just like it hit people on the right, it's eventually going to hit people on the left because censorship, of course, knows no bounds. Eventually, (laughs) it has in this instant, but they're going to get their channel back. But later down the line, I think this larger kind of censorship stick that hit the right predominantly more than the left is eventually going to wipe anyone else who has even a smidget of anti-establishment within them smidget yeah smidget like a little smidgen like a smidget smidget that's a word right i love it i'm curious as to what your stance is on uh i i radically err on the side of individualism and free markets but i do understand how difficult it is if you're looking at google which may have a 100 year monopoly on on the search engine before anyone really you know competes with them so we're talking about an issue that could take the course of our lifetimes to correct. So is 
But what kind of action do we want to see on that front? Do we want our corrupt Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi coalition? Do we want them to deal with it or do we want individuals to deal with it somehow? Uh, and there, obviously there, there's no perfect answer to this because we would have had a solution already. And as, as, uh, Tim said, you know, there's, there's Rumble, there's all these other, uh, startup sites, uh, you know, Donald Trump's getting in the mix with a social media site. We'll see what happens. But I think Google, uh, uncontested has the biggest monopoly and they are the biggest threat, uh, as opposed to like, you know, Facebook, maybe who, who knows what kind of staying power they have. Twitter, they might self-immolate at this point with their, you know, woke CEO and the social justice warriors that run the site. But I think Google has a very serious monopoly. They not only have a monopoly on, on the search, but they have a monopoly over our minds essentially because it's so 99 point whatever percent of the population still uses Google. You're getting all of your results from Google. Google is, is like a state, as Luke said, is basically like a state enterprise at this point. And it, oh. and it's a very much a threat to our civilization. For, for yeah. the, the, the fans of Vosh and Hassan who may end up watching this or maybe watching it, I'll give you a very simple explanation for, um, the issue with control of the commons. So would you, would you agree that conservatives don't want to use preferred pronouns? I think the answer most people, regardless of left or right, would say, well, of course, conservatives don't want to use someone's preferred pronouns. So on Twitter, for instance, and many other platforms, they enforce the use of these pronouns. Now, if you're on the left, you may agree with that. I'm not telling you you're not allowed to feel that way. By all means, you can have that opinion. Okay, I respect you having your right to your opinion. The issue then becomes, if that is clearly and discernibly a left-wing position, and the right is at odds with it, the rules on Twitter directly and negatively impact the right and not the left. That is a rule on the platform. Dead naming is banned. This is overt. Now you can say, and, and what the left typically says is Tim's arguing in favor of transphobia or whatever. I never said that. I'm saying just understand if you know conservatives say, I don't want to use your pronouns, then the rules favor the left. Ergo, you are in a left-wing echo chamber where big tech firms are controlling the narrative and forcing it in a certain direction. Now, of course, for many on the left, they're like, well, that's good because they're pushing my ideas. Great. By all means, feel that way. But now don't deny that the rules are absolutely set up to to be a negative, to be detrimental to the right. And probably because the people who run these companies agree with you on those opinions. Well, when you've got, you know, 80 or so million people in this country who don't agree with that, then I think it's fair to say we have a very serious problem. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Now, you know, Hassan has done a, a, one of the thing, one of the videos I watched from him uh, recently was him talking about the right doesn't want to use conservative platforms because they want to own the libs. 
And what they don't understand, what Hassan needs to understand is it's not about owning the libs because obviously, Hassan, you do content where you own the cons. I mean, that's a common thing regardless of your political faction. It's the issue that Twitter owns the commons. They own it. Their parlor doesn't have nearly enough people to even talk to, to debate, to question, to, to engage with. The same is true for Rumble. The same is true for Minds. These are, these are platforms, you know, good for them. Getter. I mean, it's great they exist. But people want to be in the comments. They want to walk up to their neighbor and say, I humbly disagree. And some of them want to screech. Well, we don't like it when people screech. But how are you even supposed to debate the idea of misgendering if you get banned before you can even say it? Mm-hmm. So imagine if you went to the town square and the mayor was using the, the police force to beat you and kick you out because you said Black Lives Matter. And that happens, too. And it's wrong. The rules are absolutely slanted. And that's a problem. Yeah, we're also being ruled by uh, algorithms, algorithms that can't really figure out discernment. So whenever you say something that's on Google's no talk list, they will hit you no matter what the context. And a lot of individuals do get hit, especially smaller channels, smaller individuals with less subscribers who, of course, are trying to legitimately talk about an issue. But because of, of YouTube stigmatization, they can't. There's so many history channels on YouTube that got nuked, that got utterly destroyed for simply just talking about history and a perspective that is important to understand, but you can't on YouTube because of the algorithm, because of AI deciding if you're going to have a voice in our current society. And that, to me, is absolutely ridiculous. And when the left was celebrating this kind of political censorship, cheering it on, I said, it's only a matter of time until they get you. I think we're reaching that kind of major bridge that it's affecting them. And I think it's only going to affect them more, just like Antifa. They use Antifa. The state knows everything that Antifa does. They know all the individuals are part of their institutions. The intelligence agencies have a database of all their names. They're going to use them. But after they're, they're done taking out the people on the right, that's the next people that are going to go after. Let me, let, me, let me just stress, when it comes to the January 6th committee, they just got the text messages from how many people? Members of Congress? Mainstream media journalists. Donald Trump Jr. Journalists. They just went to the phone companies and said, we'd like their their private communications. And they went, you got it, boss. And then they released it to the public. Amazing. Now, somebody chatted us. Have we ever had Michael Malice and Vosh on at the same time? It sounds like a good idea. Yeah, it does. I don't know if you guys, Vosh or or Michael, you'd want to be down for something like that. But, you know, I was like, I don't want to keep just having the same people on. But that actually does sound like a fun show. Yeah. I wonder, you know, because Michael's just like overtly anarchist and Vosh says he's a libertarian socialist. So I think there'd be a really interesting conversation there. That'd be fun. Well, you heard it here. We'll we'll reach out and see See what people are up to. Well, let's talk about some uh, um, some America. So that's that's where we went there. And now we're just doing a hard segue right to this story from CNBC. Wholesale price measure rose 9.6% in November from a year ago, the fastest pace on record. The pace was even faster than the estimate, 9.2. The core producer price uh, index increased at a 6.9% pace, a bit slower than estimates, but still the fastest ever in records dating to August 2014. Of course, we also have uh, news, I think they bring this up here, that um, for the consumer price index as well, it's also massively up. So basically, long story short, inflation is through the roof. The M1 money supply. Uh, so it's, this is what I did on my main channel today. I pulled up the M1 money supply from March of 1986 when I was born until today. From the, from the day, month of my birth until the 2008 crisis, the money supply just narrowly doubled from 800 billion to 1.6 trillion. From that point forward, we get to the pandemic year 
where the money supply due to how they track the money, the savings accounts, they said now savings are effectively checking the money supply increase, I think like five, like five times from something like two trillion to like 16 trillion. That's, that's not two times. That's like eight times, but I could be wrong. I think it was, I think, no, I'm sorry, five times. And uh, I think it might've been three, but since then, since May of 2020, we have added, I think something like four or five trillion dollars to the money supply. And now the Democrats are proposing printing another, or I'm sorry, raising the debt ceiling another 2.5 trillion. Joe Biden puts out that video where he's like, we pay our debts in America. That's why I'm raising the debt ceiling. And it's like, that's not paying your debts. That's taking out a credit card to pay off loans. Like that doesn't work. Eventually your, the debts come due and you, you default. So I'll tell you this, very simply put, what we are seeing now with this uh, wholesale price increase, it's like watching the, the initial tsunami start coming in. The water starts pouring over the seawall. The pandemic was when the water line receded and all the water went away and we we're like, where'd the water go? Hmm. Now all that water is rushing back faster and higher than ever. And we're seeing these, these signs. I have a feeling that next year is going to be apocalyptically, apocalyptically bad. And I wonder if we're entering like Weimar Germany era, like back in the day during in, in the Weimar era, they were shoveling bills like in the gutter. It was so worthless, like Venezuela yeah. levels. Yeah, in the fiat currency era in, in college, they they tell you about Keynesianism, Keynesianism, about modern monetary theory, all this nonsense to kind of cloud your brain. But it's as simple as what Tim discussed a second ago: is that if you print a lot of money, the money is going to be worth less. If you print trillions of dollars, there's trillions of more dollars in circulation, and that means your purchasing power is drastically reduced. That CPI index is actually based on a basket of goods. That isn't really, uh, like there's other stuff in there that can make it way higher. And if you were to calculate it, um, from the eighties, uh, consumer price index, it would be almost 20% at this point inflation. So that, that's the kind of numbers that we're talking about. And the idea that like, oh, it, this is America. So we're never going to see hyperinflation. That's kind of, um, a dangerous, um, hedge to make, especially because we've only been on fiat currency for 50 years. So, you know, it's already these these uh, hyperinflation incidents has happened, I think, in 60 countries now since then. So the idea that it can't happen in America is a little foolish. And you, and you, you even have Jack it's, Dorsey of Twitter uh, openly mocking the idea that it's transitory. Yeah. Yep. Jack, Jack Dorsey tweets in quotes, transitory. Yeah. Take a look at this from the M1 money supply. So a lot of people like to point out that this major spike is a change in reporting. And we shouldn't really talk about it, which is BS. Uh. It used to be that you could only transfer out of your savings account six times to your checking account, which meant savings were meant to be saved. Well, because of the pandemic, they said, spend away, spend whatever you want. So the money supply immediately exploded. Look at this. From 4 trillion, 4.7 trillion up to 16.2 trillion. However, let's ignore that metric and let's talk about the current rate of growth in the United States. From May of 2020, we were at 16.2 trillion to today, we're at 20 trillion in October. Look how much that's grown over uh, nearly four, oh, oh, just about $4 trillion in close to what, like a year and a half. Now take a look at when I, the month, the month I was born, March, 1986, 633 billion. How long did it take for that to double? Really? Long it was, time. let's see where we go. Well, we're trying, we're trying, but it's going down. It's going up. It's going down. And there we go. 2003 oh, from 1986, yeah. 2003 to go up $600 billion. Now we're up trillions of dollars already in the span of a year and a half. And look at percentages. So in a year and a half, it went up 25% basically. So we've, we, and now go back to the date of your birth. How long did it take to get 25% to up? 900? 
up there from wherever it was. I don't to, know, three, uh, four it, it took years? six years. Huh. Six years. Six years, so it took us one year now. A year and a half to go up and a quarter. That was but, 30 but, but, years ago. But you gotta understand to too, I don't, year. I don't think it makes sense it to go percentage wise. Month. I don't think it makes sense to go percentage wise because as, as, uh, the money supply from 16 trillion, <clears throat> it's happening too fast. So it's gonna be exponentially bad. Right? The, the, the effects of the mass printing of money, the trillions of dollars in spending, we are not going to feel we're not going to feel that immediately. It's going to take time. Yeah. So what I what I imagine is likely going to happen is you see that chart showing inflation as a major spike where it's like up to seven percent, and now the consumer uh, producer price in, index is up, you know, ten percent. What are we going to hit? Max Kaiser said we were at fifteen percent inflation. And they're lying. Yeah. So that means what? Are they going to officially start reporting fifteen percent by mid next year? I mean, it's going to be the apocalypse for the Democratic Party. It, it might just be that one day, you know. 10 years down the line, we'll wake up and just realize that our purchasing power is basically worthless under the dollar. Uh, I think that a lot of people have this image in their heads of one day we're just going to be uh, Weimar Germany and we're going to be shoveling stuff in wheelbarrows. And maybe that day will come. But inflation kind of like it seems to be creeping up on us. You know, if it's 10 percent compounding, 10 percent, 10 percent, 10 percent, then your purchasing power has been significantly reduced over five years. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't see coming is this creeping inflation. You do see the prices rising, but the prices will continue to rise. Your purchasing power will go slow, slowly, slowly deteriorating. And, and that's, I think, the big issue right now is that slow road to a useless dollar. Yeah, well, financially, we have to understand the trends usually correlate with the actions weeks and months from those actions. So what happens now is going to correlate in the market in a few months from now. And that's why in the beginning of COVID, I said, hey, the the, the major factor here that's really going to hurt people is going to be financial. Keep an eye on the financial markets. It's absolutely crazy what's happening right now. The U.S. national debt has just crossed over $29 trillion. And I believe Tucker Carlson had a very good talking point just a few days ago. He said, young people don't have any possibility to have any economic opportunity, no opportunity for any kind of mobility, mobility financially. And that's why people are going over to Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. And I think we are seeing a transition for a lot of people not trusting the financial markets because how can you? They're not playing by any rules. They're not playing by by the, the math rules that are designed to that specific understanding of how things work. They're creating their own rules. They're just pressing zero on a computer and giving it to their friends. Meanwhile, those zeros are having a real life impact for everyone's purchases. Every time you go to the supermarket, you see it, you feel it. And the average person is having a harder and harder time making ends meet. And it's only going to get worse from here, from my perspective. I'll tell you the difference between what we have and what Weimar Germany had is it they were burning dollars or, or Deutschmarks, I think it was, in wheelbarrows. We don't even have paper anymore. It's all digital. So, like, yep. if our currency goes belly up, we don't even have paper to burn or cotton to burn. At least they had toilet paper. You yeah, know? Like, at, at least, least the, the Venezuelans just, just dry off. Well, if you're cold outside and you've got, you know, blankets of a car- carbon fuel of some sort, yeah. you can keep yourself warm. We just got a number on a screen that, you know, doesn't do anything for us. I think that this suppressing suppression, this economic suppression is driving people to extremism in so many ways. One of it is is cryptocurrency. It's an extreme evolution of currency. The other is Antifa, this extreme street violence, people feeling uh, disincentiv- disincentivized or whatever, disenfranchised. disenfranchised is the right word. 
So, and they're, they're, they're lashing out in different ways. Some people are intelligently evolving the economy. Some people are just smashing stuff up. It, and, it seems I, like it's all relative. I, I really think we reached a point where this kind of financial calamity, this kind of destruction of our economic system is almost done deliberately. Because if you look at every action the government is taking, it's making it that much worse on everyone else. How can else, how else could you explain giving the, the military industrial complex a $20 billion bonus when they didn't even ask for it? How can you explain just the record spending how can you explain the build back better bill how can you explain raising taxes on everyone else is just absolutely absurd to see people's savings people's hard-earned money that they worked their entire lives for literally be eviscerated right in front of them it's but, crazy but here's the good news so tucker carlson talked about how um, people millennials gen, gen even gen x gen z whatever the new generation is that they're investing in Bitcoin because there's no ability to save. Investing is very difficult um, to trade and stay up to par with inflation. But the good news about Bitcoin is that it is a clearly superior currency, in my opinion. The fact that Bitcoin has been discovered gives people that exit route. So you don't need to be beholden to two, a $2.5 trillion debt ceiling increase. You can save in Bitcoin, and Bitcoin is a finite asset. It's free market money. Uh, the most sound money ever invented. I think its properties are completely superior to gold in every sense. You can debate gold versus Bitcoin and Bitcoin beats it in every single way. So I think to add to Tucker's statement about people aren't just, uh, it, yes, people are desperate to find a way to hold on to their hard earned wealth, but Bitcoin also provides them an exit and an actual superior currency to the U.S. dollar itself. So that, to me, that's the optimistic message is that Bitcoin can be a, a, a protective off-ramp to the chaos that's being caused by these politicians and bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. who don't have any of our interests. So yeah. let's, let's, let's jump to this story real quick from The Verge. Nike just bought a virtual shoe company that makes NFTs and sneakers for the metaverse. Now, why do I bring up metaverse in this context? We're talking about finance and inflation and prices. My friends, hear me now. The metaverse is going to happen. Hmm. Maybe not Mark Zuckerberg's, but there will be a metaverse. And it's already happening, apparently. A couple just got married in the metaverse. Cryptocurrency will likely be the currency and tracking mechanism by which you own to whatever, to whatever extent you can own a digital piece of property. Now, when they say you'll own nothing and you'll be happy... In, in that World Economic Forum video or that article, they're talking about physical objects. But I, I genuinely believe the singularity will happen. I believe that uh, Bitcoin is, is, is going to be a currency for this new digital world. NFTs are going to be how you own unique objects in this, in this new vi- virtual reality. And this is where everyone is being pushed towards. With the collapse of the U.S. economy and the crisis we're seeing, more and more people are being told, why don't you get cryptocurrencies? I mean, we advocate for the stuff. We don't tell you any advice, but we love, we, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate for it. But let's be real. A universal, glo- a, a, a global, digital, trackable monetary system. There's a lot of things bad about that idea. Mm. You'll be able to see how, who, who has how much money, publicly see how much money a person has, when they spend it, and where it goes. Now, of course, there is what Zcash and Monero, I believe, make it much, much more difficult. So other cryptos will emerge. But here's what I see with all of this. You're not going to get Mark Zuckerberg nuking other companies and stealing a name if he wasn't dead set on doing it. You wouldn't see Nike buying a company that makes virtual shoes. You wouldn't see this big push. 
while we are all discussing and debating things like January 6th and Antifa and street violence, I think the real push from the elites, what they really want is to get everybody in some kind of metaverse, some kind of digital internet-based reality where they're more easily controlled, where they're less likely to produce, uh, I'm sorry, pollute or fight. There'll be less conflict. Conflict will be digital. And it's going to be like that episode of Black Mirror. That's the, that's, it's the inner universe we're heading towards. And this, I think, shows it's happening. So I've been talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies for a very long time. And I remember interviewing Max Kaiser back in the early 2010s when Bitcoin was first hitting the world stage. And I was like in, in London, uh, and I was talking to Max, I was walking with him. And I was like, how do we know that Bitcoin isn't the one world global government currency that they've been waiting to push onto everyone where they could track, trace and database everyone on a public ledger and know everything that everyone is doing. And um, I forgot Max Kaiser's response. I got to watch my old videos in order to see that. But whether it's Bitcoin or another government coin, we know Russia's working on their own kind of cryptocurrency. So is Venezuela, where, of course, there'll be less protections for personal freedoms and liberties. Right now, if you have a Bitcoin address, it's as private as as much as uh, anyone else who knows about it. So if no one knows that I have a Bitcoin ag- address, there could be money coming in and out. No one would, would know it unless I publicly tell someone I have a Bitcoin. So it, it it might be Bitcoin. It might be another currency, but there are other people using this technology to push privacy coins, push for people to have total anonymity online, total freedom, total privacy. And it's it's a double-edged sword. I think cryptocurrencies, it's the new internet. And I think just like it could be used for something really bad and really evil and, and, and total government control, I think it, it could also be used for something that could free people, liberate people, and give them privacy, which is absolutely essential in our modern-day society. I think it, it I, I think it's great. I think Bitcoin's fantastic. But I do think it's going to be an excellent tool. Cryptocurrencies, the blockchain, in the upcoming metaverse, the digital world, so whether intentional or not, it's happening. Let's, let's pull up this story real quick, and we'll, we'll add to the conversation. Florida couple holds virtual wedding in the metaverse while simultaneously getting married in real life complete with avatars that mimicked their exact moves for their online guests. It's not that crazy an idea. I think people look at this and they don't understand the context. There's a lot of people who couldn't travel to be at the wedding. So they did a, a virtual version so you can put on your Oculus or whatever and watch it happen. I don't think virtual reality in the metaverse is all bad. I just think that there are creepy elites who want to take away your possessions and your ability to work and make money and stick you in a box where you have no kids and then you rot and suffer. I think there's a lot of really bad things about the elites want. Technology's not all bad, though. However, I do think we are advancing in a creepy direction, and this may actually just be a fad. I do believe we are more likely to be heading into a metaverse singularity type reality where we're brain chipped by Elon Musk in the next year. That's what he's saying. He's saying next year the chips are going to be available to put in people and and do all this stuff. And I do think there's going to be a a big push for this. But we also heard, what, 12 years ago or 14 years ago that Verichip, people are going to be getting chips implanted in their hands. And that never really took off. Now, we did see in Sweden people are getting the chip chips implanted in their skin, under their skin, that contains their COVID information. And they walk up to doors and they can scan it. But that's the same thing we saw 
14 years ago. It just did not happen. People were not interested in it. Now, is that going to be the same thing with the metaverse? That it's this big fad. Mark Zuckerberg dumps all this money and effort into it. And then everyone says, yo, we don't want to do your stupid virtual reality thing. Or are we forced into it? But I would, I I would just quickly say that we don't have a microchip in our hand, but we have a phone in our hands almost everywhere we go. And some people say that the microchip was replaced by the phone, which essentially almost acts like the same thing. Another thing I would just want to quickly add before going to you, Ian, is that the metaverse is an excuse to put people into the smart grids in major cities and into the social credit scores. That's how I see it from a lot of the elitist perspectives on what they want to achieve with it. Sorry, Ian, go ahead. Um, oh, the difference, I think, uh, between... What was what were we talking about? Chipping your hand? Yeah, is that the, the body... People don't like inserting things inside themselves if they can That's help That's not it. true, Ian. Well, they don't... Li- I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, most people don't would, would opt to put on the hat instead of inject the needle into their into their That's temple. Yeah. Um, I know what you meant. I was just so, making an adult joke. <laughs> oh, Tim. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'm gonna have to. I didn't know where to go there. I, I, had, I, I had a, a comment lined up, and I was so, like, okay, like whereas the body can reject things that you insert into it. Right. Um, whereas the metaverse is just more of like a, a spiritual, technological evolution. Bro, have you guys played with the Oculus? A little bit. Not yet. We, there's a game called Dude. like Pirate Dude. Space Robot or something. Space Pirate Trainer. It's so good. Dude. It's so good, man. I, it's, it's crazy. So that was holding the Oculus or, or the VR back for a while, right? Was that the technology wasn't that good and now it's good, you're saying? It's been good for a few years. It's yeah, so wireless one of the, now? One, that's big. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's wireless. It uses like IR tracking. And so, uh, to Ian's point, yeah, I think you're correct in that regard. There's, um, did you know that you can give yourself an additional sense? Yeah. Now it's not, people say there's five senses or whatever. That's not true. Humans have way more than five senses. Like people don't count a sense of balance, sense of temperature, but you can actually take neodymium magnets and implant them under your fingertips and then give yourself electro perception or electro sense. So what happens is the magnets will be in your finger. And I, I, I personally know people who have done this. And when you move your hand past a, a, a power cable in a wall, for instance, let's say, you're, let's say there's a wall and you're trying to find out where the cable is. If you have an embedded neodymium magnet in your finger, you can feel the electric fields in your fingertips, giving yourself electrosense by doing this. The problem is the body rejects the magnet. After a certain amount of time, it, 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 it breaks and your body pushes it out through your skin and it falls out. Yeah. yeah. I heard Crazy. a lot of stories about dogs that were microchipped getting, um, you know, infections and diseases and cancers in uh, near wherever they had the microchip injected. Those are some of the stories that I saw on the internet even just a few years ago. So it wouldn't surprise me if they transitioned from, you know, let's inject it to let's just have them uh, have it everywhere they go, including when they go poop. Then how is Elon Musk going to implant the computer chips? Did they figure this out? Um, have, have you seen have you seen the Neuralink stuff? It's, well, the monkey, yeah, had, very had to go to surgery. Very thin copper wires that make contact. So th- maybe that is too small to get rejected. Maybe it just sits. They you know. thread them into like the outer layer of the brain. They they like carve out like a, a quarter sized hole in the skull, and then they thread like I don't know a thousand tiny little fibers into like the the top layer of the brain. And then the, that gives the impulses. Ideally, they're going to evolve it so that they don't have to cut the the scalp, the skull open and, or insert anything. Some people are saying they're going to do it like teeth uh, teeth implants. Huh. That's another possibility. But some people even reject a tooth in, uh, implants. Some people yes. can't have them because their body just says no. I don't want it. And those will be the uh, the the deplorables. Yeah. Well, all the people are going to be you know synced up in society. And they're going to be part of the network. They're going to be like the Borg. And there's going to be people who are like outside begging for, for scraps because they're not going to be able to work. I cannot 
bring myself to drill a hole in my head for this. Is that what it says? That that looks like a hole. It's not a quarter size, maybe like a dime or smaller. Now, if I was paralyzed and this could help me walk or if I was blind and it could help me see, it's another We should another look up the monkey cuz cuz Elon Musk did this to the monkey that was using his brain chip to play a video game with uh, the monkey's own mind. Uh, would you take the chip? Again, it, it, I guess, I guess if, if Ian was saying, like, if the calculation had changed, if I was, if I happened to be paralyzed or had some horrible disability that could be fixed with Neuralink, I think I would be yes. very much willing to give it a shot. I mean, what, what do you have to lose if you're confined to a wheelchair? And, and, you know, this company says that, hey, we might be able to make you walk. But that's the, that's the PR public excuse they're going to use for total domination and a track trace and database society where they're the tech overlords of our existence and we're the peon slaves. So, uh, (laughs) on that note, I do have to say that as someone who requires kind of expensive medicine, I don't hate big pharma as much as some people. And as someone who may ultimately end up requiring something that'll keep me from being in a wheelchair, I have to say this stuff is kind of exciting. I'm not going to probably voluntarily sign up for Neuralink, but they, when they were researching some of these mRNA vaccines, they found some interesting new treatments for whatever it is that I have. And I was like, that's really neat. So you never know where there's going to be an advance. And I was going to say, one of the things that I'm sure they're probably thinking about right now is how your body is going to respond to keeping this inside your body, because you can't even transplant an organ without requiring anti-rejection medicine for the rest of your life, because your body does not want any foreign objects in it at all. Like, your body rejects tattoo ink. Your body rejects everything. Maybe this is why they're working so hard towards artificial intelligence, because the human mind is not programmed it is developed over a period of time right. and, it, and it self-generates. It's, it, there's like a base code when a human is born and over time the neurons connect and each individual's brain function is unique, like, like a brain print almost. So how do you affect, how do you interface with a brain that is unique to itself, self-grown? Mm. When we make a computer, we take the schematic for the computer, we replicate it a, a billion times, there's our computer. We know how they work, they have interchangeable parts, but each individual human is not the same. Some people use a slightly different part of the brain, it grew in a different position. Artificial intelligence may be able to rapidly map out the key areas of the brain so it can interface very, very quickly. Yeah. It also looks like that monkey went through surgery. Like they opened up his skull and implemented a chip in there because you don't see any wires on the outside. You see a bald spot on the back of the monkey's head. So it looks like this. And and it showed showed the uh, surgery. It showed the implant being injected after uh, a cut of the monkey's uh, head. So uh, ch- check this out, check this point. out. In the beginning, you can see the monkey is using a joystick. And then I guess later on, they get rid of the joystick. Yeah. Now it's just controlling it with his brain. Oh, that's crazy. What is yeah. he, is he yeah. blowing on something or sucking on something? I think it's giving him food or something. Oh, okay. No, then, I, I, I don't know. Maybe we should just watch it and they'll tell us what I he's mean, doing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then Elon Musk <laughs> is looking at human trials in 2022. Yeah, so next soon. year, he's looking at human beings being these monkeys, literally, uh, testing here's, out here's, the, the brain chips. Here's why here's I want to know. You're going to be able to type. With your thoughts, yep. like you're just gonna yep. think a sentence and it's gonna be on the page. That's right. But let me let me let me ask everybody, especially for you uh, for for you guys who are uh, watching the show, because I don't. There's a lot of people who I think are absolutely craving and desiring this, begging for it, and it's probably a lot of people who won't admit it. Because this is what I was saying to uh, when we had Jack Murphy on the show. I was like, imagine you get up, you walk over to your treadmill, you throw the towel over your neck. You turn on your neural link and then all of a sudden you're at old country buffet. And while you are virtually 
consuming massive quantities of food and cakes and steaks, filet mignon, all the steak you can eat. You're sitting there eating and then you get full and you're like, that was awesome. Take off the Neuralink and you're running on the treadmill and you stop and you've been running for an hour. You're all sweaty and fit and exercise and you, and you weren't even in that, you know, you weren't doing the chore of the exercise. Now, I think it's fair to point a lot of people like exercise, but some people don't. And so Jack was like, oh man, you're making it tempting or whatever. There's a lot of people and, and, and beyond that too. What if you could take, you know, you've got the brain chip and then you could take a little chip that was like, you know, uh, Elder Scrolls 13, put it on your, on your brain, turn it, boom, you're just, you're in Elder Scrolls. You're, you're fighting dragons. You're throwing fireballs. They're going to need to make Elder Scrolls 15 cream that I can just rub <laughs> on my four, on my third eye and then I'll, then I'll, install, the, then I'll install the game for you me. You snort it. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to insert anything. But, but also, you know, sacrifice and pain builds character and, and builds an appreciation for something. If you're just given something, I mean, obviously the average human being is going to like it for a little bit, but then become kind of apathetic to it and, and not be happy, not be satisfied because they never truly worked for something that's their own it was just given to them in this kind of metaverse and i think this is going to create a society of very unhappy people and i don't think it's going to work have you guys ever seen the commercial for playstation 9 Mm-mm. no Mm-mm. you guys want to see it let me play this yeah. video for you guys yeah. new for 2078 that's a smart dust playstation 9's new electronic spores tap straight into your adrenal gland yep that is legit. PS9 has improved retinal scanning. A mind control system. Holographic movie surround vision. And telepathic personal music. Ultimate just got better. PlayStation 9. Teleport yours today. That is creepy. Why did they think that it was going to take five decades, six decades to get to PlayStation 9? I have no idea. Yeah. It's creepy though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like all quiet. Dude, you're going to be able to do that, but you're going to have like 80, 80 games going on at once in your brain. People are going to evolve to multitask to have be able to think about different things at the same time. And you're going to, this is going to help train us to do that. In, in this day and age, you can't even tell if that's parody or not. Like if you told me, oh, this is an official jo- uh, Sony commercial, Jordan, I'd totally believe you. I have no idea what that is. But it, it, separating these like parody skits from actual reality, everything is becoming so dystopian nowadays. We're just like living in a weird Black Mirror episode when Mark Zuckerberg shows up and says, oh, you're all going to enter the metaverse with me. And we're like, what is actually people, going on? Here? People will do it. I, th- I think most people are going to do it. I think... You know, we are more likely to be the outliers. Steve Bannon talks about it. But Steve Bannon's on the older side. You 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 tell a young kid they're going to be able to actually go into The Witcher and and live in that world. You're going to tell them your favorite TV shows. You're you're not just going to watch the TV show. You're going to be in the room as all of that stuff is happening. You're not just going to watch Game of Thrones. Okay, bad example. Game of Thrones oh, ended yeah. up sucking. <laughs> but you're, what, what's 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 a new hot show? Hellbound or Squid Game. You're not just going to be watching Squid Game. You're going to be in the games, running around as the stuff is going on. And get this. You could actually, they could, they could make shows where you can sit and watch it happen, or you could stop things and then choose to interact with the characters. What if we're in the VR right now? What That's if right. we're in the metaverse as we're speaking right now? 
then we're not doing it very well. <laughs> I know, right? Let's no, level not. up and beat this. I think we're doing very quest. well. I mean, I, I, I just I, do side quests first. Okay. This is a side, we're still doing side quests. Okay. Side um, quests. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, I was going to say something. Speaking of the simulation, isn't that new Matrix movie coming out in a few days? It sounds so dumb. They're going to destroy that trilogy. They're going to destroy all the hardcore, like, messaging of of freedom and liberty and against the system. They're going to make it just, I think, a total pro-establishment, pro-propaganda of our modern-day blue-haired person that's not There's literally one of the main characters is, like, a blue-haired, non-binary person. I I remember when I was going to say these kids, you're going to get, like, a 10-year-old being like, okay, mom, I'm going into the metaverse and puts on their helmet, goes into their digital shop where they're selling their NFTs and all these – they're, like, this really well-known salesman in the verse, and then all these people come by and they're buying all this stuff, and the kid comes out an hour later and – Pays for his parents' food and, and like, you're gonna have the, we might see a society where the kids are paying for the adults via their digital presence in the verse. The Matrix got it wrong. In the Matrix, they're like, humans were forced to be batteries for the machines. <sighs> it should have actually been humans chose to be batteries for the machines. Cause they got, you know, the, it's like the, like the cypher character in the first Matrix. He's like eating steak and he's like, yeah. I wanna be back in the Matrix. But you know, I'll tell you one thing that's gonna get crazy too. A lot of what we're seeing about identity issues where people want to be animals, where people want to be dragons or demon dolls or whatever. I mean, legit, we, we talked about the demon doll woman. She identifies as a demon doll, whatever that is. Yeah, they're going to they're going to go in the metaverse and they're going to be that. So when that little kid goes into his, his metaverse to sell his NFTs, he's going to be like a giant duck. And then someone's going to walk in and be like, duck man, what up? Let me get some of those NFTs. I'll take that one. And that one, all oh, those shoes are sick. I'm going to put them on my avatar right now. And then he blinks and then give me a quack. Give me a quack, and then and then the, the little kid who's the duck goes, and then the kid comes out. He leaves the metaverse, and he walks into the bathroom. And he looks in the mirror and just goes, <laughs> and then he puts the metaverse back on, and he's the duck again. So who's keeping the lights on while we're all in the metaverse? It's going to be done via smart contracts. Oh, the government. The government's going to be taking care of everyone. Everyone's going to be on the on, the, on yeah, not exactly. only just the social credit score, but what was Andrew Yang talking about? Uh, you know, a penance that the government's going to be giving you just to live. What did he call what? it? Oh, oh, the UBI. Like a, the UBI. Yeah, a stipend. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the propaganda was freedom dividend. Freedom Ex- exactly. dividend. How more absurd and backwards that, could you get? That's freedom a good question. Who is um, going to be running this thing? It, like, is it going to be the corporation? The meat space. Just the corporation. Sounds like an eighties sci-fi movie. The I government know. working with the corporations, uh, hand in hand, in tandem with the intelligence agencies, calling the shots, just like they do now. And the be a same way that they do now. On their There's, own, like unique metaverse, like their own private one that isn't tracked or something, and then they're all overseen. and they're going to be they're going to be GMs, they're going to be moderators, they're oh. going to be admins. You're going to be in the metaverse, and you're going to be like, hey, you guys want to come with me to you know Duck Store to see the the new Duck NFTs? And you're going to be walking, and then Mark Zuckerberg to be walking by, and you're going to go, oh hey, look, it's Zuckerberg, and then he's just going to turn his head like a robot, and he's going to go, and then he's going to you know have just powers in the metaverse. He's going to delete your, your, your avatar and you're going to snap out and be like, no, I and can't be. A-. People will work their whole lives to become admins. Like, I just want to be a GM. I just want to be a GM. And then they finally get it. They're 35 and they realize it's not how it's cracked up to be. The hours are long. Imagine you know. being a moderator in the metaverse. Huh. Like someone's walking around in like a big open space yelling about flat earth or whatever. And then a moderator shows up and says, you know, like you're being banned and then snap and the person's gone. That's Robocop. Imagine, imagine if in reality people had these kinds of powers. That you could be 
standing in the middle of public square holding up a sign saying, you know, you know, the end is nigh or end the Fed or something. And then a cop walks up and says, disturbing the peace, snap, and then you just don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. you could have a, a metaverse where like one guy, you're there doing something. Another guy comes up and is like, stop and wants to destroy you in the metaverse. And he destroys you. But from your perspective, he explodes. And so you both you both win in your own experience of the reality being possible if there's a centralized server but i do think this is a really good argument for why there needs to be if there is a metaverse it has to be decentralized and and this actually be a really cool thing if there was like one big centralized metaverse server and they've got moderators guarding the door and they're like you can't come in but you could go to any other server people could host their own private servers there'd be crazy servers that'd be that'd be that'd be that'd be kind of crazy i think the problem is all of this is predicated upon whether or not you're going to have a hole drilled into your head and a microchip implanted in your brain which you will and you'll be living <laughs> under the ubi and the social credit score and there'll be smart dust flying around everywhere making sure you're compliant with it or else it'll be injected into your body and then have the turn off switch for have the you, have you heard about the smart dust we talked about it a little bit. Uh, That's what the uh, PlayStation 9 commercial was all about. They right. released the, but look, the, look, look, we have it right the nanoparticles. Yeah. It's been around for a while. Yep. So uh, smart dust things. is a system of many tiny micro-electromechanical systems, MEMS, such as sensors, robots, or devices that can detect, for example, light, temperature, vibration, magnetism, chemicals. They're used. Uh, they're, they're usually operated on a computer network wirelessly, distributed over air to perform tasks, blah, blah, blah. They're a few millimeters they may be vulnerable to electromagnetic disablement. Blah, 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 blah. You get the point. It's not when you, when you say smart dust. A lot of people think it's like tiny and you can't see it. It's like nanotech. For the most part, they're not saying that right now. They're saying it's very, very small sensors and computers that can be used for you know tracking, manipulating things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the technology that's being developed along with the metaverse, I think, goes hand in hand with again what I said before: the smart grid, the social credit score, and I think it's going to be crucially implemented in a lot of the control grid systems that are already being put into place that are being developed so well let me let me um, we'll start here we'll start here um based on what elon musk is saying to elizabeth warren he's earned my trust oh my i don't know i don't know if i would take the computer implant from elon musk but the story is still pretty funny elon musk feuds with elizabeth warren over billionaire taxes senator karen (laughs) all right billionaire elon musk fired back at comments from senator elizabeth warren on tuesday telling her to stop projecting and calling her senator karen I'll just show you exactly what happened. Here's on Twitter. Elizabeth Warren says, she posts the Boston Globe, Elon Musk named Times Person of the Year. She said, let's change the rigged tax code so the person of the year will actually pay taxes and stop freeloading of everyone else. Elon Musk said, said, among other things, and if you opened your eyes for two seconds, you would realize I will pay more taxes than any American in history this year. And Elon is correct. The, The establishment left with like faux progressives like Warren hmm. are able to convince these progressives to, to, to believe this stuff just by saying it. it's the craziest thing to me that they go, did you know Elon Musk, Elon Musk and Amazon paid no taxes? And I'm like, that's insanely not true. There's like, it is objectively false. It makes no sense on its face. Why would you believe that? Because they said it. Elizabeth Warren says it and it gets <clears throat> repeated. It's just not the case. Um, yeah, what's the story with that? With when they say Apple paid no corporate taxes this year, is that because their their costs outweighed their their expenditures outweighed their? It's usually a manipulation because one thing you always have to pay taxes on would be like employment tax, property tax. You've got local taxes, state taxes. Now, federally or even at the state level, they might say, you know, we invested X. We worked at a deal with the city for a tax incentive to to put money somewhere. And so, quite literally, what could happen is the city goes to Apple and says, "Tell you what." If you spend 
you know, uh, $500 million building a factory here with X amount of jobs, then we will consider that an investment for tax purposes and, 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 you know, give you a tax benefit of X. And then it's like, okay. So the government cuts a deal in exchange for an economic incentive with, with the company. And then the left comes out and says, but they're not paying taxes. It's like, but they're doing what the government asked them to do. So imagine if they came out and said, no, government, I won't do anything you say. And the government would then be like, okay, pay taxes. And they'd be like, okay. And not only that, whenever they say this, they always use weasel words to make it seem like Elon Musk pays no taxes. Elon Musk, I, I, I believe, is correct when he says he pays more taxes than any American in history. Huh. Because he's going to, like, he's selling off all his property. That's huge. That's going to dramatically yeah. reduce his tax bill. But his tax bill was probably insanely huge just off of owning things. And so basically, this is all about the stupid wealth tax, which makes no sense, where they're like, we're going to tax people for cash on things that aren't liquid, which is the dumbest idea ever. Like, you could have this gorilla right here. And then one day, someone's like, that's a rare gorilla. It's worth a million dollars. And then all of a sudden, I'm supposed to pay a million dollars because I have a plastic gorilla sitting on my desk? That makes no sense. Yeah. The the 0.0001% Native American Senator Karen also really hates cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and has called for a lot of regulation, a lot of government intervention, and a, an extremely high tax rate for people using cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. So there's the big divide between uh, Elizabeth Warren and, of course, Elon Musk. And um, Elon Musk has been on a tear lately. He's been making a lot of bold, big statements, specifically saying that he doesn't want the Build Back Better bill. He thinks that bill should be absolutely shunned away. He thinks that the United States government is just a major corporation that has a monopoly of violence. He's been speaking out against a lot of core issues, including vax mandates, saying that absolutely there shouldn't be any vax mandates. And um, it's really interesting to see his talking points. And he, I, and I think, you know, a, a lot of times people are, are changed politically, especially when they look at the taxes that they have to pay <laughs> out of their paycheck. So I think, you know, most definitely Elon Musk uh, saw that the taxes he had to pay and that kind of changed him politically being like, this is pissing me off. I'm going to voice my opinion since I'm giving so much money to these people. And, and these these multinational corporations, it's very interesting when you do research into them. These bills, these tax increase bills, potential tax increase bills are going to screw over small businesses, mid-sized businesses, because multinational corporations, I mean, I've been covering Pfizer for quite some time now, they can offshore their profits and build a headquarters in Ireland and say, you know, we made $50 billion in Ireland. We're not paying, we're paying 2% in taxes this year because all of our profits are in Ireland. If you're a mom and pop shop that um, generates like a gross revenue of a million dollars, there is no way you're going to be able to offshore any of your profits. So the, these bills, Senator Warren is, is, a, is a total fraud. If you notice that when she talks about, oh, we're going to go after Wall Street, she never names a firm on Wall Street that she's going to go after because she's in their pocket. And they're, for some reason, they're, it's interesting with Elon Musk. You know, He's kind of becoming base now, and he's on the really bad side of the Biden administration to the point where they had a big electric vehicle meeting at the White House and how to craft that bill, and they did not invite Tesla. That's like not inviting uh, you know, Sony to the future of video games conference. It's just very bizarre. I want to explain something to, to people about taxes that uh, a lot of these progressives don't understand. Do you think that you know Bezos cares about his tax rate? He does not. He's probably like, I got too much money, man. I don't even know. I don't even know. When he gets his paycheck, because Bezos gets $83,000, $81,000 a year, sorry, is his salary. And then he gets incentives, which ultimately, like bonuses, he ultimately comes out to about $1.6 million. He probably looks at it and goes, oh. Because how much money do you really need to get by? 
So Bezos has his stock. He has his assets. He has tons of money. But at the end of the day, he gets his paycheck and he probably says, I don't even look at it. He probably just ignores it outright because it's meaningless. Now, a poor person. I remember my, my, it was like my third job. I was working for an airline out of O'Hare airport and I'd worked 40 hours at 10 bucks an hour. And so I was like, all right, so it's going to be what? It's going to, it's like, that's 400 bucks and then I got to pay taxes. So I imagine maybe I'll end up with, you know, 300 to 350. We'll see what happens. And my paycheck was like two, 270 something. And then I got my paycheck and I looked at it and I just was like, I just was like, what the? And then all the older guys were there started laughing and they were like, he saw the taxes, didn't he? <laughs> and then I was like, dude, I'm poor. I can't yeah. afford to live like working 40 hours at 10 bucks an hour. And then being told that ha- almost half of the money I'm making was like 28% or whatever is taken from me. I needed those hours. I needed that money. I couldn't afford rent. I couldn't afford my car. I couldn't afford health care. But when you're rich and they go, we're going to take, you've got your, your salary is $10 million. We're taking half. You go, I don't know. So what's my paycheck this, this, this month? $488,000, whatever. Deposit it. I'm sitting on assets. I don't care. I don't even notice. So these tax increases are not going to be, are negligible to a lot of these people. Well, a lot of the super rich have called for more tax increases because it, it makes sure that they stay on top and their competition doesn't have an opportunity to have enough income to be able to compete with them. So, you know, these people want higher taxes because it actually benefits them. They want more regulations. They want a higher minimum wage because at the end of the day, it's destroying small mom and pop businesses while, of course, it's benefiting them greatly. And they have other ways. They have so many different incentives, whether it's setting up offshore corporations and then selling off the intellectual property property towards a domestic uh, company here in the United States. There's so many different rules. There's a reason the tax code is as big as it is because there's a lot of exemptions for a lot of powerful people that helped write it that works in their favor that obviously screws everyone else who would be competition to those people. Exactly. This, this big this builds back better bill that they're promote, promoting in Congress and that uh, Joe Biden's all about and all those people are all about. This was crafted by the lobbyists for the giant corporations. It, it's by and for for these giant corporations, it is not to uh, you know help our, our economic engine. It is, as Luke said, it's to seal off the competition from these oligarchs. That's that's the entire purpose of it. It's it's this state corporate enterprise that they want to they want to phase out all types of possible competition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking about taxes, man. Yeah, I'm just I'm just like. I'm I'm going through the numbers and it's it's interesting that I'm imagining back when I was younger and trying to calculate budget, how many hours this week do I have to work to get by? And how how taxes really brutalize you when you're making just enough to be above poverty or whatever, or they take taxes out anyway. And it's like if you if you gotta pay five hundred bucks a month in rent and you can only work forty hours a week, like you're going to be struggling to make ends meet. If you've got rent, food, health insurance, whatever, you want the bare minimum. Then any amount of taxes taken out is, is gutting you. Dude, to be told that, you know, you're gonna lose, uh, 230, you know, effectively like 23 hours of the work you did that week or 20 hours of the, of, of, of the work you did that week. It's like, why even do it if you're working that much to have it taken away from you? Maybe, maybe it's unfair to say that much. Maybe it's like, you know, 13 hours or whatever. The point is, for people who are extremely well off, 
you could tell you could you could tell an ultra rich person we're taking 90 percent and they'd be like i don't know i don't care about my income anyway because everything's in hard assets and everything's accruing in value exactly. so what does it even mean to me it's in property it's in stocks and and but this is this is the problem then when that when they say they want to raise taxes across the board i mean even bernie sanders plan i think would have still raised taxes for like uh, middle class and upper middle class people and what i try to explain to a lot of people uh at occupy wall street for instance and and, and other leftist activists what we need in my opinion is more tax brackets, not just to be like, after you make $250,000, we tax you at this percentage. Because somebody who makes $250,000 being taxed, you know, 48% or whatever, or 38%, I think it is, then they end up getting take home about a hundred or so thousand dollars. But somebody who's making $10 million, who's taxed at the same rate, doesn't notice a difference when they're having millions of dollars deposited in their account. I have a little bit of a different perspective. I think there should be no taxes. And if the government wants to launch any project, they have to do it through GoFundMe and they have to have enough public support and private charity to do so. I think that would be a more rational way to do this than, of course, steal people's money. Yeah, I like that for some, except for like utilities about like water, the water supply and the power supply. The military. If you look at most uh, power supply companies, especially in California, it is riddled with corruption. You look at Venezuela and their kind of uh, energy companies when when they were, of course, brought into the state government, it absolutely ruined uh, Venezuela. The infrastructure hasn't been updated. The government has no incentive in order to provide you any quality of service. The private market does. And that's why I would argue the government getting involved makes the situation that much worse. What about the water supply? Because if the water supply goes haywire, the government... Well, it depends on like what aspect and what variability you're, you're discussing. Like, are, are we talking about sanitation? Are we talking yeah, sanitation about, about cleaning? And, and access to yeah, who's going to take my poop from my house? That's right. Luke, in your, in, your, in your Ron Paul and Kapistan paradise, where does poop go? You could, there's literally <laughs> companies out there that are developing technology that makes poop into true. energy. Methane. <laughs> and, 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 and power. So, so the private market would be, again, way better. I'm not saying it's going to be a perfect system. Obviously, with any system, there's going to be some kind of harm. There's going to be some kind of idiot that ruins it for everyone else. But I think overall, there would be a lot less harm, a lot more economic prosperity, a lot more freedom, just like we saw in Singapore, just like we saw a few years ago in Hong Kong, civilization. Uh, Bro, they execute you if they find you. With now, now they do. But but the Singapore became known on the world stage as a free economic market where a lot of people fled to. And it was able to build a society that that was a free market society that allowed private enterprise to thrive. And it created some of the most richest people um, in the world. Now, obviously, it has devolved into a full technocratic state with a social credit score, with surveillance cameras watching your every move. If you spit on the ground or if you chew gum the wrong way, I thought I, I was sweating bullets in, in uh, Singapore uh, with Tim because of a, a, a disgruntled Tinder date was was saying <laughs> that, that she was going to call the police on me for not going on the Luke date got, with her. Luke got catfished. Oh, it was bad. It was horrible. I luckily catfished. was able to kind of see it. And then we had to like escape out the back door or whatever. It was funny. It was, I was laughing the whole time. Yeah. Uh, luckily, I made it out, but I was sweating bullets um, apart with what was happening there. It's a crazy way that they decided to live their lives. But anywhere you see the free market kind of activated, you see a lot of individual freedom. You see a lot of liberty. You see a a lot of services that are incentivized to help the person rather than a government that will take your money and then doesn't need to provide you a good service. What if uh, what if we created like a special economic zone in the United States yeah. that was like totally, you know, 
free market. We, we had two different ones. One was for the commies and one was for the ANCAPs. Yeah. And you could choose which one you wanted to go live in. Perfect. That would and be absolutely beautiful. One city is dedicated to the communists. And once you're, once you choose to live there, you can't choose not to. And then the free marketplace, you can come and go as you please. Exactly. And then if, if, you know, commies want to live in their own commune, go ahead. Um, go, I, I won't be mad about it. I mean, would you? No. T- Tim, you're a cold weather guy, right? What about Greenland? Big yeah. piece of property over there. Free economics. Yeah, I know. And Trump Greenland. wanted to buy it. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds great. Heck yeah. And they made fun of him for it. And it's so weird because, like, it wasn't even that long ago we bought Alaska. You know what I mean? Exactly. Trump. And it would provide so much, you know, opportunities. Uh, it would provide a lot of expansion. It would provide, you know, potentially an economic free zone, which I think would be amazing. And if you look at the history of those, they always turn out into incredible things. You look at the history of government top-down centralization controlling every aspect of the financial institutions, you see communism and you see uh, people starving and not having food, people being slaughtered and sent to the gulags. And I think there's a big overall trend when it comes to economic freedom and political freedom. We need Starlink. We yeah. need um, we need low latency, high speed satellite internet. Then then you can live and work from anywhere. And that's what I'm excited for because we, we we've been looking at you know we're in West Virginia, we're setting up this big 50 acre property, but we're still out here because we have to be close to a major airport or whatever. And so that will tether us in our operation, you know, closer to, you know, bigger cities. But you, you could go to a smaller regional airport and someone could fly to a major airport and then to the smaller airport. And then you could effectively have a, a, a media operation in the middle of Wyoming, in the middle of nowhere, so long as you have that satellite, mm-hmm. that, that low latency communication. Starlink or, or Greenland. And decentralized service, server space. That's once we get Starlink and like maybe satellite server space too, orbital server space, I think we're going to be. I think the Good future, the future of this planet is going to be people spreading out outside of cities and then wiring themselves into the, into the metaverse and living digital virtual lives. Could you imagine just like if, if your entire life was the matrix, but it wasn't like the movie, the matrix, you knew you were in the matrix. So basically you'd like wake up in the morning and you, you, you'd brush your teeth then you'd go into your pod, you know, that stimulates your muscles so you don't atrophy. And then you enter the digital space. And then you're, you're in Greenland, you know, doing your work and you're like, oh, I got a meeting in New Zealand. Yeah. And then so then you just walk up to a door and you, you type, you know, you activate it. Uh, New Zealand, please. The door opens right open to New, and you walk right to New Zealand. Cause you're in a virtual world. Dude, you know I mean? it'll be like, I'll be in my house. You'll be in your house, but we'll both be in this studio digitally. It'll look like it that we're both sitting right. next to each other and we'll be seeing each other. You can do that now. And the video will look like we're all in the room together. Well, yeah, cause you'll be, we'll, you'll, we'll be wired in the matrix. But here's well, the thing. So we're all kind of against it now, but because if we're talking about this future technology in the sense that they can like kind of like regulate your dopamine, we will all become addicted to the metaverse. That, even, that's the problem. It's not even about that. It's not going to be, I, I, it's not going to be that tomorrow, you know, Elon Musk knocks on your door and then like, you know, he's holding the chip and then two guys in white coats pin you down and you're like, no, nah! it's going to be that they're going to roll out the, 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 the neural cap. It's a hat you wear that can, you know, um, alert you when your, when your phone goes off or something like that or Google Glass. It's going to be some small convenience we accept. And then every day the convenience is going to escalate. uh, Think about how cell phones started. Big, big gray block. You pull the antenna up. It had like four hours of power, only worked downtown and they sucked. And then I remember when, you know, my mom had a cell phone. It was like roaming charges and connections and it like worked. It was better. It was like a gray Motorola and you'd flip it down. 
Then I got my first candy bar phone. These phones didn't do anything, but it was convenient to have. You could talk to people or beepers, for instance. Now we have the summation of the access to the summation of human knowledge in our pockets. We can film videos. It is escalating. Everyone accepts it. They're okay with being tracked. They're okay with being spied on because of the convenience. So neural link will happen. Whatever, all this metaverse stuff will happen. No one will resist it. We are going to accept it and be happy about it. How many people, if you went back in time and said, I'm going to take away your landline phone and you will be happy. Mm. They'd be like, no, I wouldn't. I need my phone. Be like, no, no, no. Don't worry. We're going to give you a tracking device that people can track everywhere you go, no matter where you go, and it'll spy on you, but you'll be able to talk to people. They'll be like, screw that. Are you nuts? No, give me my phone back. That's so, not that's not where, where we're at now, is it? So I'm watching the chat room, and someone just left a comment saying, imagine this chat, but in VR. And uh, I'm like, <laughs> that would be wild. I'm seeing what you guys are saying here. It's uh, it already pretty exists, crazy. Dude. It already exists. Yeah. There's uh, on Oculus, there's, I don't know what it's called. It's like live chat. And... I brought up the duck thing of that little kid because I was playing the game. I was playing Space Robot Trainer, that pirate game. That's so fun. Space you're like, you got trainer, robots yeah. and you're like, you're shooting at them. And then I went to the chat room and it's like people walking around and there was a duck just like walking around doing stuff. And I'm like, someone literally went in this game and said, I would like to be a duck. And they did. The The, the graphics are trash, mind you, because the processing power isn't all that great or whatever. But imagine what it's going to be like when they synchronize Neuralink. How long is that going to be? 10 years? 20 years? Maybe, yep. maybe, maybe that's a bad estimate. Maybe, maybe. thirty or forty. Oh, it could be still much sooner than that. I know. Look how look look at look at the nineteen eighty six, nineteen eighty one, the video games that were out, Mario Brothers, thirty years. Look where video games ended up. You you you've got first person three D. Now look where we are. It's been almost forty years. It's been over forty years. And look how rapidly video game technology has advanced to the point where now we got VR glasses. You with with the new Oculus, you put it on and there's no wires. You can go out in your backyard and set your space and then just do whatever in virtual reality. Wireless. Yep. I keep thinking about the chimp. Did you guys ever see the video of the chimp on Instagram? No. <laughs> just look it up someday. I don't know if you want to bring it up now. It's it's kind of a non sequitur. It's, it's what's, a little what's, bit, what about the chimp? It's just a chimpanzee on Instagram. He he's on Instagram swiping and it's like it looks like a human. Like this is Oh, this right here, yeah. This is nuts. Is this here we go. I mean, we are. He's just he's animals he's, he's are watching built? videos of chimps doing chimp stuff. Dude. Yeah, you see some other chimps. Well, yeah, but chimps are smart. Monkeys, you know, monkeys are smart too. We'll be swiping. we'll be in the metaverse this, with these dude. guys. <laughs> Look at that! He's swiping. He's looking for stuff. And he just he hits it and he's like, "Yo, what up?" That may help us understand other animals a lot better because if we can Isn't wire them crazy? into the metaverse, he just knows with us. how to do it. Like if you could neural net and, and synchronize with an ape, and then you can kind of understand the animal more. I don't know, man. And it could understand you more. Maybe. I think. I think everything that we're saying is going to be viewed in the future as like stodgy, old people complaining. We're going to be laughed at. Remember that guy? That it, it, do you, I don't know if you know this, Ian. There's a guy who. Uh, who was it? Was it? It was. It was someone famous. He said the internet wouldn't take off. Oh, Robert Reich, wasn't it? Was it? I think so. Is that Krugman? It was Krugman. Oh, Krugman. I think he it was Krugman. About everything. Yeah, I think it was, it was both of them. Yeah, it could be possibly. both of them. And he was like, the internet will not be part of the economy or something like this. He li- he likened it to a fax machine. He said yeah. it would be as big a deal as a fax machine. Please. I think that was the quote. Let's see what he did. Did yeah. Krugman, Krugman say the internet's effect on the world economy would be no greater than the fax machines? True. Ooh. Look at that. Man, this guy is still today a very dumb <laughs> Nobel person. Prize winning economist. That's right. Wow. Wrong about everything. But think about it, man. People back then, I remember watching, you know, I watched these old videos that come up where they're like, no, the internet's not going to take off. While certainly an interesting novelty, it won't be. And then you get Krugman, you get other people like it. 
watching these old videos about the internet is crazy. Yeah. Because it is life today. Well, you know, even with cell phones and the advent of social media, I would say it was a net positive in the very beginning because it was unfiltered, uncontrolled. There was no major algorithms. It was what you subscribe to is what you get. And there was a moment in time where people finally started to get the true window to the reality of the world that wasn't controlled by any kind of special interest. Now those doors are closing, and, I, and I'm seeing social media as a net negative, especially with the psychological disorders that it has caused so many young people, causing people to, of course, be so unhappy. But the larger debate that I think should be sparked here, is it because we have too much knowledge that has gotten into our brain too fast? Is the ability to be able to know anything in a moment something that is detrimental to human society or human beings, a power that they never had before. That's an interesting kind of debate that I've been kind of listening and hearing about that I think is worth uh, talking about. In 50 years, people are all born and they're implanted with their neural chip and they grow up and they live mostly in the metaverse. And there's a young man and he meets a young woman and they're getting along swimmingly and they're all excited and then they're like, you know, oh, I've got to, I've got to move pods. Um, you know, oh, I'll, I'll come help you move your pod. And then the guy's like, that, that'd be great. Yeah. They're, they're coming to move the pod to unit C, C39 over, you know, about a block from my house. It's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be annoying. And then, you know, one day there's a knock on the door and it's like a six foot three, really burly, burly bearded man. And he's like, Rick, good to see you. And he's like, Janet. And they hug and they kiss. And then they carry the pod out to the new unit. Then they go back in their pods. And, you know, the big bearded guy is actually a five foot seven blonde woman in the metaverse. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, and it's going to be normal. And people are going to be like, whatever. Because their reality, their, their reality is going to be the metaverse. And the real world base reality is going to be a chore. It's going to be ancillary. It's going to be like something they have to deal with. It's going to hurt. Like, it's oh, right. Gravity hurts. Yup. It's going to be like, you know, when you're like in a pool and when you get out, you're like, oh, man, like, no, no, cold. It's like all of a sudden, like when you're under, when you're in the water, you can move much more easily. And then when you lift up, you're like, whoa, I'm heavy now. And you've got all this water holding you down. That's what it's going to feel like. People are going to live that way. It's like in that movie Surrogates where there's that hot blonde woman and then like the machine blows her head up. They go to the apartment and it turns out it's this morbidly obese guy who's in the machine, like hooking up with dudes. There's something to that in the age of gender fluidity where like you can be any gender and you can pick your avatar kind of. I mean, it totally synergizes with what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. What do you think? What's the future going to look like in a few years from now? So from a technological aspect, um, you know, you have the famous Moore's Law. But what you find, so I think this might be a problem of our progeny. I don't know. I'm not convinced it's going to happen so fast because... Technological innovation in the electronic space is actually slowing down. Um, there's only, so you have a circuit board, and there's only so many transistors that you can pack on there. So it's probably going to take something like a Neuralink technology, you know, totally flip the board over, start working on like brain electrodes, because in terms of like improvement of technology, the idea, it, it is no longer exponential and it hasn't been for, for quite some time. It's actually eventually going to flatten out because this this circuit board technology it's already like done by robots and microscopic there's literally like no more room for these electrons to the, tra- move. The, the transistors have be- transistors have become so small that electrons aren't even falling on the path they're jumping off and moving between things they're using sound now as a waveguide to move to force the electrons along the path so they don't actually have to use i don't want to get this wrong i don't know more about it but they're using but, sound to guide the light yeah the so energy. with a Neuralink, if you're doing brain surgery then who knows where this takes off but if you're trying to use like your oculus to expand into the metaverse 
I don't see it as being something so similar to human life through that platform. But again, when you're, when you're dealing with the brain, who knows what could happen? So what if in the future we stop making, you know, computer chips and we start just growing brain matter? And then you're like, dude, the new, uh, Ryzen Threadripper 5000 organic. And it's just like a brain in a vat. And no, it's got no, no, like no, ports no. and everything. We start having cone heads, just like in the, in the Hollywood Why? movies. And because th- there's also, uh, we, we, are we, we're using, we're using our own brains as our desktops. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Just like in, in the, the cone head movie, their brains just start expanding upwards. Uh, and there's also, that wasn't uh, in the cone heads movie. Uh, yes, it was. No, they're just aliens with cone heads. Exactly. We could become the next, brains. We, yeah, well, we, they probably had bigger brains. No, <laughs> right. They have bigger, I don't know, brains. but there's also a set smart. of, of human beings that are recorded uh, with their skeletons having cone heads. That's if they were doing elongation and stuff. Some yeah. people are debating that, but there's also some other interesting theories by Brian Forrester that uh, contradict that theory as well. Um, I don't know what the truth is, but um, if we're going to be expanding brains, I- I'm pretty sure it's going to be cone heads. You know, I was thinking about I think what we should do is, um, now that vax mandates are normal, we should actually just have a metaverse mandate. And then we should have to send the government out to forcefully Neuralink chip people's brains and plug them plug them in against their will. Because once you connect them to Metaverse and you can control their thoughts, you can take away the pain and then they'll like it. Perfect. So all we have to do is chase people down while chanting one of us, one of us. Perfect. And they'll be scared at first. But as soon as you infect them with the with the Metaverse, they'll easily calm down and then join you in your quest oh, that's to, ethical. Tra- yeah, to, that tra- sounds... to, to transform everyone else into a singular being. You know, just like the independent says, we have to de-radicalize the hardcore anti-vaxxers right. uh, and treat them like terrorists. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I don't know what that has to do with it. That's the independent. It's all for the greater good, Tim. Yeah, Send them to the well, Metaverse in the name of health. For right. the greater good. Right now, we'll read Super Chats. So oh. If you haven't already, get in that Super Chat. Smash that like button. If you haven't already smashed that like button, do it for Ian. Do it for me. Do it for Ian. And go to TimCast.com. Become a member. We're going to have a members-only segment coming up at around 11 or so p.m. Let's read what you got. We got Public News Choice says, buy yourself a beer, Tim. Always enjoy tuning in when I get off work. Hey, appreciate it, man. We actually just started getting a bunch of new beers from a new we brewery. Lots, yes. What yes. is it? What is it called? It's Old 690 Brewery. Yeah, There's one Old now. 690. Old 690. So it's a, it's a local brewery, but apparently they're freedom loving brewery. Yeah. They, they love freedom. Pretty good beer. Yeah. We, we, we met some of, we met some of the owners and we talked to them. They were really cool. Um, uh, one of the family members is a fan of the show and, we went and grabbed a whole mess load of their beers. It's a lot. We might actually do a our, our, a brew with them. A, a castle, oh, that oh, sounds cool. fun. A Tim Cast Castle specific brew of Tim's some sort. I had a raspberry one. I think from raspberry them. wheat. Yeah. You got to call it. You got to call it like beanie juice. Beanie juice. No, nothing like that. <laughs> no, I think we can make something good. We have yeah, we have a blonde, and we've and so we we do have that. I don't really drink all that much, but I did drink uh, a little bit recently just for the holidays. So I've been I've been having a, a good time, you know. We've got these 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 uh, the new brews, and I think um, got to try them out. You got to try both. I need to have a blonde one. Maybe I'll have one tomorrow. All right, let's see. Beep boop says Tim would enjoy Arcane season one. It follows a nation named Piltover, and it's a, and it's slum that is attempting to break away and create its own nation. Good night. Ooh, interesting. I'll check it out. Isn't that the um? Is that the League of Legends show? No idea. Yeah, Arcane. Arcane. Don't know. Cliff says, did anyone else ever notice the Omicron variant when unjubled actually spells out moronic? Yes. Yeah, a lot of people have pointed that out, I guess. Michael Tracy said that we should be calling Omicron the, um, what was the variant? Um, 
Hold on, I, I, I actually written it down because it's a very <laughs> is that uh, good, huh? Zeta. It, it, it was pretty good. He, he he wants it to be like, oh come on, variant. Oh yeah. come on now, variant. I, you know what I'm excited <laughs> for? I'm actually really excited for the Omega variant. Yeah, because it sounds so like dark and scary, like like a, sci- a sci-fi dystopia. Would it be cool to be living in a sci-fi dystopia? I think we do. But we're gonna get to the point. So so a lot of people said they skipped the she variant. And the new variant, they skipped a whole bunch. Yeah, they, they skipped, skipped tons. beta. I, I don't, I don't no, no, they did. Beta, beta, beta was around in lambda, but I was looking at the Greek alphabet, and I'm like, they just skipped over like seven variants. Theta, did they have yeah. like theta? I don't know. All I know is like the omega variant. You know, that's omega gonna be cool. Fauci is gonna come out and be like, I'm warning you, everyone, the omega variant is here, <laughs> and we're gonna be like, the omega. The omega. It's like 100% I am the alpha. transmissible. I am the omega. I am the science. <laughs> that's that's what he, that sounds like something to say. Tina Collette says, as a resident of Wyoming, I can say most people agree. Liz Cheney does not speak for Wyoming and probably will be looking to move elsewhere when her term is over soon. Why don't y'all like recall or impeach her? Huh. Why I mean, don't you look into the crimes of the Cheney family and Halliburton and getting us into Iraq and then make sure that people that do that don't stay in positions of power and politics and their family... I don't know about barring their family from politics, but aren't there enough people in Wyoming to be like, aren't there enough people in Wyoming who don't like Liz Cheney to just recall her? Tim, just, you have a good book um, on your on your shelf there called Rigged by Molly Hemingway. Uh, and guess right. where Molly Hemingway is from? Wyoming. Is she really? Yeah. We got to We got to get her to run against. Liz oh, Cheney. hey, there you go. Cal Miller says, good luck trying to convince Reddit. And the vote blew no matter who people that Trump was not trying to start an insurrection. Almost all of Reddit's main politics sub is about Trump and January 6th. Yeah, I know. These people live in a weird, paranoid, delusional reality. I don't know what it's about. Yep. Okay, what happened? Did you just freeze on me? Okay. Eric Miller says, hey, Tim, is that a Mitch McConnell impression or a Chris Wallace impression, eh? Either, uh, either they're both establishment trash. Either way. Also, I think the vaccine mandates are actually triggering a rise in a civil war. I think so. Yeah, Chris Wallace and Mitch McConnell could basically basically be the same impersonation, right? It's interesting to hear about these these vax mandates. I mean, I live in South Florida. I've lived there for a year, and no one was really wearing masks around me or anything, and we, we've all been okay. Florida actually has the lowest uh, COVID cases um per capita in the nation and has yet, had for like two months now if you watch without Jimmy, these mandates and yet oh. if you watch jimmy kimmel he's like desantis is the is is governor omicron and he's going to get everyone sick and they're going to die and i'm like do people really believe that like the cdc shows florida has the lowest amount of cases yep. he's done, done a really great job but that's the paranoid delusional reality they live in huh the golden gorilla says luke says dems and republicans are two heads on the same snake my version is they're different cheeks on the same ass that works, uh-huh. and they both, uh, you know, relinquish a lot of waste. <laughs> Two cheeks and the same ass. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good one. And I like that. They're full of crap. Yep. And they're full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Wow. We we should make You, you got to make a shirt. That's not really what, a shirt we would make. You should make that. I don't know if they'll allow me to have butt cheeks on my uh, shirt. Maybe, it might might confuse people if it's but on maybe, the chest area. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's another way to do it, you know. It's, I don't know. There's a lot of words here, so... I don't know. Do you have like Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell's face tattooed? Two on cheeks, one ass. Buttocks. Two yeah. cheeks, one ass. <laughs> Sounds great. No, it could be like a donkey. You know, it could be a donkey and its cheeks, since a Democrat Republican, two cheeks on the same ass. It has to be. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Green Jean says, do you support Article 5? If so, why don't you discuss a convention of states more often to get your audience involved? Hey. I say it all the time. Shout out to the convention of states. Mm-hmm. If you want to get something done, get the politicians to do something that they're not going to vote for themselves to do, like term limits or cutting their salaries, that's convention of states is for. Yeah. Um, what I often say is we need to vote local. You need to vote your, your city council, your school board. You got to vote for your mayor. You got to vote for your state reps, your state uh, senators. You got to vote for your governors and you got to vote for everybody else. And you got to primary. You got to make sure you're in the party primary so you can make sure these establishment uniparty shills don't get elected. But if, if people focus on state level elections, senators and reps, then you will get a convention of states and the federal government becomes a side note. So there you go. Sloppy Joe says, please tell Luke that it's exacerbated, not exacerbated. Listen, I'm going to pronounce words like I want to pronounce words. Right. And if I want to say exacerbate, I'm going to say exacerbate. Maybe I'm doing it on purpose. Maybe yeah, Luke, is. Luke speak good and whatever. Yeah, I speak good. <laughs> speak good. So good. <laughs> Waffle Sensei says, Tim, I appreciate the attempted white pill, bro, but none of my lefty friends have any idea what's happening with the economy. It's like they believe it's not happening. This is correct. They live in a paranoid, delusional state. I don't want to tell you. That's why I say the factions in, in the culture war and everything are not left and right. I am, I am on the left of uh, Vosh and Hassan when it comes to corporate power and the commons, when it comes to social media platforms. Literally, I believe that the public should be in control of public spaces where communications happen. And I don't believe that massive multinational private corporations should have the right to eject people from the commons. But they actually disagree with that. So they're more in favor of private property in that capacity for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not understanding their positions. We'd have a conversation about it. But the real issue is there are people who believe CNN and there are people who don't. There's the, there, there's your narrative. But I shouldn't say CNN. It's actually the, 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 the narrative, Corporate the establishment media. narrative. Yeah. Rhino says, watched a YouTube video earlier and MIT has a program called World 3 that predicted the downfall of civilization around 2040. Then they mentioned we are on the fast track. I, I, I remember we talked about that, didn't we? I don't remember. Yeah, we talked about the MIT's predicting to- total societal oh, that's collapse. Right. Oh, yeah, it's World been a while, 3. Yeah. That's the first I put a name to it. All right. <clears throat> Jess Video says, Jordan, great to see you somewhere besides the Steve Deese show. Hooked him up with him so he can have him on his show. Always great seeing you, man. Keep up the good work. Really appreciate that. Steve right Deese is a great show on Blaze TV. There you go. BC is me says, write a song for step on snack and find out done. We will do that. I could probably <laughs> write something like that in five minutes. I'll pick four chords and I'll just sing it off the top of my head and I'll probably, you know, probably be able to crank that one out. But, uh, you know, topper. Yeah. moose code says, Tim, ever heard of second life? Yes, I have. It is a metaverse launched in 2003. People have already gotten married and provided services for money ever since. Yeah, it was it was mostly viewed as kind of like an MMO, though, wasn't it? Like not not an RPG, but a massive multiplayer online game. MM MMOG. Yeah, not MMO. I, People could, could like say it was buy an property RPG, but it was basically like yeah, like a digital space where you had an avatar. You could but chat room, big Mark chat room. Zuckerberg didn't put his weight behind it, and Elon Musk wasn't trying to drill a hole it, in your head. It wasn't metaverse in that there wasn't cryptocurrency, like currency wasn't involved yet. Um, there wasn't any AI involved. And what the social networking wasn't integrated really. I mean, the game itself was kind of a insulated social network. All right. Atarka says, Hey everyone, could y'all share and help my friends go fund me? I set up, she is now hospitalized due to COVID and a lot of people won't help because she has had the vaccine. 
It's called Helping Jordan Get Her Life Better by Nick Downs. Huh. I got to tell you, man, like some of the some of the data that I've read about COVID, I really do think the initial short-term lockdown was the right thing to do. I mean, I'm talking about two weeks to slow the spread. The problem was you give someone an inch, they'll take a mile. Right. So when I was I was talking to someone recently about the data, having had COVID and, and going through it, I'm like, we all agreed that the first, when they said 15 days to slow the spread, we were all kind of like, okay, we get it. You know, it's because we don't want hospitals to be overwhelmed. And that is all true. Overwhelming hospitals means people die of other things too. But then you get Democratic governors killing old people. You get a whole bunch of really bad stuff happening. And so now the challenge is if you could go back in time and say no, 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 no to any of the authority, emergency powers and lockdowns, would you do it? The problem is, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. We don't know what would have happened. But I kind of think that the abuse of power we've seen so far is not worth the exchange. That means people would have lost their lives, though. So I don't know, man. It's tough. They're still losing their lives. I guess if Cuomo, with Cuomo and these other governors killing all these elderly, maybe we would have been better off just not locking down at all. You know, maybe if we had preventative treatments that, uh, you know, actually are preventative and actually were there, maybe then we would have to deal with a lot of the loss. Yeah. The, the counter example here is, is Sweden, Belarus, never locked down. Yep. Um, if I don't want to Florida's go doing great too big into, uh, the weeds on this issue due to the regulations on this issue. But, um, yeah, Sweden and Belarus never locked down. Florida locked down for, I, they barely locked down, did like a couple weeks. Um, it's interesting when you trace back the two weeks to stop spread, it's essentially traced back to this like random school educator that was running like this online school and he had a medium post that went viral. Um, and then of course the initial idea of the lockdown came in Wuhan, China where they had like all these bizarre videos coming out and somehow appearing on Western social media platforms. Like how did a China, a video out of Wuhan make its way to Instagram? Kind of weird because no one uses Instagram in China. So there's a lot of weird questions about the, this, this not lockdown narrative, how it started, what exactly happened in Wuhan, China that they were, um, you know, pushing out all of this random social media information and trying to influence the West into locking down. And we're, sadly, it, Lockdowns are, are now like accepted fact that, you know, all of these, um, I guess, progressives and, and, and statists say, you know, if there's a COVID problem, we need a lockdown. Uh, in, in addition to our vax passports, in addition to our mass mandates, it's just one totalitarian measure after the next. And they, they, they refuse to admit that they got anything wrong. And they're just doubling, tripling, quadrupling down uh, on this craziness. But it, I think they're just like, hey, we can keep expanding our powers. I don't think they care at all about the data or the metrics. They're just quite literally like, the more this keeps happening, look at what de Blasio said. He wants to buy up property for pennies on the dollar and convert it into public housing. So they don't care about any of this other than we can exploit this for power. You, you think those videos of uh, the wailing people in China, that one ominous video of like the, the howling in the city and you could hear like your rattling chains and stuff. You think that was seated? You know that video I'm talking about? Uh, I can't really expand on it here, but uh, my my platform, uh, I've written several stories about this at dossier.substack.com. Well, well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it uh, in the member segment. Yeah. All right. Let's read some more Super Chats. We got Bailey and he says, Tim, wondering if you do Alaska a solid and try to get Kelly Shibaka on. See if she's worth it like you did for AZ. Well, um, you know, with, with, with Arizona, I mean, we just, we bring pe- people on to have conversations. So, we're willing to have a conversation with anybody. Is Kelly, uh, she's running for governor in Yeah, Alaska? write that down. There I'll look her up. Is she running for governor? I don't know. Oh. Well, we'll take a look. I will look. Lynn Ross says, elites plan on creating a metaverse. One of the key problems is gamers. We will find ways to exploit our way to infinite wealth or find ways to speed run to the top of their system. You know what I used to love, man? 
OG World of Warcraft glitch hopping on top of uh, you know Undercity and 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 going underneath Stormwind and doing all of these really fun things. We would we would go into areas that weren't yet developed. We would like. You could look on the map and see an area that's never been developed, and we would find a way to break into it. This is before flying was introduced to the game. That was the most fun I'd have playing these games. I'd spend hours exploring this massive virtual world and trying to find ways to get into places you can't get into. When The Division first came out, there was a way to, to, to push through walls using the ballistic shield. And then we went into a bunch of areas where the game hadn't released them yet, and they banned you for it. And then there was Destiny. You could use your vehicle. It's called the Sparrow. If you spawned it at the right spot in front of a wall, you would spawn in, it would spawn in the wall and you could move through the wall and go into areas that were unreleased and they would ban you for it. And I'm like, the most fun was exploiting and finding these things. So I'll tell you this. They come out with a metaverse. It's going to be only a matter of time before a group of hackers find a way to break through walls. Think about how crazy the world's going to be when everyone is born, it gets a computer chip and spends 95% of their lives in the metaverse. But some people find exploits. You, that would be like if you went downtown to grab a slice of pizza and you saw some dude jump 20 feet in the air and then teleport. You'd be like, what? How did he do that? Dude, you're making me think of Auto Warm Beer, that that high school student that went to North Korea and stole a flag and they threw him in North Korean prison. He basically wasted away and died of what they said, yep. botulism. So a kid's going to go in the metaverse from age 2 to 12 and then all of a sudden he's going to find an exploit and get banned. And he's going to wake up and start screaming and crying and realizing <laughs> that his entire life has been taken from him and then commit suicide. And no, it's I don't know. Be I don't know. I think if, I think if metaverse becomes our entire lives, it would be like you'd get a suspension. And so what they would do is you'd be locked out of a ton of features. You couldn't go to certain areas and you'd be like, Oh man, and it would be like a three month. Yeah. Thing we need a constitution and a government and like a, a decentralized organization of power for yeah. something like that because that is someone's life. Ian, it's a private company. They can do what they want. Holy yeah. And you don't need to raise your children. You can yeah. just put a VR uh, system on them that raises them for you. That's going to be creepy. Babies can go in together. Indoctrination and, and public school centers in VR. It's Matrix, bro. Yep. Kids are going to be born into it and they never want to leave. There's there, there's going to be like it's it, fifty years. The guy's going to be like, my 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 pod needs to be moved. They're like, oh, dude, that sucks. I know. All right, well, give me a few minutes. I'll deal with this. And it's going to be like miserable to have to leave. First baby is going to be born in the metaverse. They're going to like, we wanted to deliver our baby in the metaverse. And the, the baby's going to be pre-wired to be in the verse before it even is out of the womb. So you'll see the whole process. The baby will come out. and The adult content that already is on the internet. Imagine that being. Huh. Uh, dude. So the, here's, yeah. an, here's an important one. <laughs> Sarah Roberts says, I'm paralyzed from the shoulders down and have been for seven years. But the idea of having a chip implanted into my head doesn't sit well. Mm. It could be amazing, but it could also go very wrong. Yeah. Now I'll say, in my opinion, if for people who are paralyzed, if I was, if I was, if I had a spinal injury, I take the chip in two seconds. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think I would. I, I think paralyzed. I would join this super chatter. To be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I, I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying that now. I'm not in that position, but. From from that kind of perspective, I think I would take her position. After like a year of like ten thousand people getting up and walking that are had paralyzation or it's hard to say because I'm not in her shoes, say. but I understand where she's coming from. Yeah, I'd do it. I'd be like, Elon, help! Wire me up. Yeah, I want to walk. What? You're not paralyzed though. I if I was paralyzed, I would take the chip. Dude, Absolutely. we're healing the blind. The, the deaf. I, if you like, lost your eyes, would you get that thing that Jordy had, the visor from Star Trek? Would you implant the thing in your I temples would do and then anything, anything 
to, to, to heal my vision at that point. But they what if, okay, so, right, anything, but th- but. so think about that, right? To heal your vision, to gain a sense. What if they said we could give you uh, an implant that gives you the ability to see electrical fields? <laughs> yeah, dude. But that would be like getting an elective surgery for no reason. You can already see. <sighs> it's cool, right? Yeah, I'm not into that. I'm not going to do it for uh, just for basic enhancement. But but if I lost a limb or something and I could get it regrown, I would I'd be into it. That's going to happen in the future. Yeah. They're going to give you like an enzyme treatment that's going to like trigger cellular stem cell regrowth, and then your arm is going to start regrowing, and then you're going to grow back your hand. You'd be like in a back to tank of fluid while it regrows over like yeah. two weeks or something. Yeah, be faster. You'll be in the hospital, and you'll be like, check it out, and you like people will film time lapses and put them on Instagram and stuff. It'll have a tattoo already on it. <laughs> they're like would you like anything cool on your new arm oh can i get like like a wolverine claws we can do wolverine claws but can you make yeah, my you gotta elbow register a them with the lower? government like, yeah yeah we'll get your elbow set so there was a, a funny viral post where a woman said the craziest thing was when i was getting my prosthetic they asked me if i'd like to be taller and i said yes and now i'm two inches taller so when this chick was getting a prosthetic leg they were like we can make you taller of course yeah. they can do yep. whatever they want and so because he just made a taller leg and now she's tall that's so crazy, right? <laughs> Frank says there may be a big backlash with radical Luddite groups attacking tech. We should just make this movie. Can we write this? Radical Luddite? Yeah, where like people are raiding metaverse facilities and Mark Zuckerberg is old and he's like, stop. You don't understand. We must do this. And they're like, screw you, Zuckerberg. And then they start smashing the servers. And Yeah, the character in the metaverse is going to be, you got to understand, I'm not who you thought I was. This is, this is, this is a... More than what you think it is. There's an actual universe outside of it. We need to free you from Trying here. to free people from the pods and the yeah. bug juice that they keep feeding them. The bug juice. Yeah. So this is the it's post-metaverse ju- scenario. So what happens? The metaverse fails. Have you seen that? What's that Netflix show where they reprogram their consciousness? Is that like the post-metaverse step? I forgot what that was called. Was that Black Mirror? No, no, no. There, there's like a there's a Netflix series. There's, there's two seasons now. I'm sure someone in the chat yeah. knows what it is. But but basically, like y- your body is totally separate from your consciousness, and they altered can just, carbon, altered carbon. Oh yeah. Exactly. oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that could be Metaverse 3.0 after the first Metaverse revolution. This is they impo- just put it right in your consciousness. Here, here we go from Waffle Sensei. He says Tim, watch Matrix Legends. It's canon that the humans did choose to be enslaved. In a perfect reality, that was the deal they made to end the war. Interesting. I'll check that out. Maybe, maybe that's where the uh, the new movie actually goes. Because I'm wondering, like, how did they do this movie? I thought that they had a truce and, like, the war was over in the, in the last Matrix. And mm-hmm. now it's like Neo's taking blue pills or whatever. I don't know, man. Mason Wolf- Wolfie says, first the brain chip and metaverse, then sword art online. Oh, boy. What a dystopia to be alive in. It's not going to be a dystopia. When you are forcefully enter, you know, when, when they pin you down and inject you with the, with the chip, you know, and connect you to the network and then you go, ah, and then all of a sudden you're sitting in class and you're like, what, what just happened? And they're gonna be like, bro, the quiz, the lecture. And you're gonna be like, oh, oh man. Oh, what, what was going on? I can't, can't remember. It's like, dude, we were just, we were just talking about this. And you're like, oh yeah. Oh, let's go get lunch. And then you're gonna, As it's like, it's like downloading information. You're like, I don't quite, oh. Oh, oh, I remember. I remember as the download completes. Yep. Um, did you, are you guys know Sword Art Online? No. It's an anime where they go into a VR world like the metaverse and then they have to fight monsters and the guy who created it is like, now that I have you, if you die in the game, you die in real life and you can't log out. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like traps everybody in the universe. Interesting. Yeah. It's nuts. People are trapped. 
Bitsu says, beliefs of corporate dissidents. Ian, it's Facebook. Tim, it's the Metaverse. Luke, it's the Umbrella Corporation. Pretty much. The Umbrella Corporation. Kurt Sutter says, let's not forget if Elon chooses or is forced to sell stock in his company for whatever reason, control of his company is slowly transferred to someone else. Taxation equals loss of control. That's correct. Lethal 5670 says, Tim, what about a flat tax? Let's say 25%, no deduction, no loopholes, just a flat tax that everyone pays. So I think Luke made a really good point about, you know, taxes being bad in general. My, my attitude is more just like in the current version of the system. It doesn't work. We should do it like a different way. The issue with the flat tax is basically poor people are negatively impacted by even a light tax. Like if you're, if you're only going to get 200 bucks for the week and you need every penny, then they take out even 20 bucks. That is a kick in the balls. Yeah. If you're rich and you're expecting a million dollars to come in in one month and they tell you that, and, and, and I'm talking profit, like income off the top, and they say, we're taking 80%. Sure, it sucks, but $200,000 to spend money on, bro, I assure you, that person's going to be like, that's ridiculous. They're taking my $800,000. I don't even know what to spend any of it on anyway. To be honest, yeah. Granted, I believe the person should be free to choose how they want to allocate their money. My point is just that rich people do not look at percentages the same way poor people do. A flat tax, in my opinion, makes no sense. They literally print money out of thin air. Taxes are just a way to control people. That's literally it's it's, it. it's how they effectively pay back what they rip off. It's how they steal money from you. All right, where are we at? Where are we at? The great anywho says, "Hey guys, thanks for all the info. Keep up the good work." Luke, Google Goldbacks. Luke, you know about gold bags. Oh, yeah. yeah I got yeah, a stack yeah. of them. Yep. I, I got, got some. I got, you saw them, right? Yeah, it's gold foil. Gold foil bills. Yep. They're yep. used a lot in New Hampshire with the Free State Project. People barter with them. People really? trade with them. Yep. They're and worth, I think, like um, in gold, like two and a half, like 250 or something. Yeah. I think. But I think the actual value of them, because they're, 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 they're coated in plastic, is like four bucks. Yeah. Something like oh. that. Yep. I got a big stack because they're cool. It's a Utah gold bags. It's just gold foil. It's one one thousandth of a troy ounce. All right, got a big old super chat jump. Adam Davidson says, "Tim, have you seen the Doctor McCullough episode on JRE? I've seen parts of it. Luke, did you watch it? I was watching uh, a, a large portion of it. It was a lot of truth bombs. It was a major, major interview that um, is making its rounds on the internet right now. And he said a lot of very important things, especially about preventative treatments, early treatments." And I think he really hit the nail on the head with his perspective and his findings. So what you're saying is Joe Rogan is far right? Uh, no, he's definitely, I don't think he is. He interviewed a doctor, a medical <laughs> professional that was talking about his findings that, of course, were the total opposite of what Dr. Fauci was saying. All right. American capitalist says, I believe Kelly is running against Lisa Murkowski. That's correct. Oh, Senate. man. Yeah. I can't stand the uniparty. You know, I'm really excited because I feel like no matter what happens, the Uniparty is out. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of where I think I think where we're going. Just no more of that establishment crony trash. It'll just be complaining about AOC. You know what I mean? I'm, oh, that's fine. Whatever. Well, she's actually still Uniparty. She she jumped in the Uniparty as soon as she gave she was given the chance. Is she? Is she a is she a Trojan horse in the Uniparty? I think she I don't know about a Trojan be. horse. I think she just willfully was like, I want to be in the Uniparty. She's ready to change some stuff. Didn't she like audition for her role in Congress? Wasn't that I don't know about thing? that. Or was that a fake news It was news a theory. Segment? I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's true. But, you know, whatever. It's like if you want to complain about someone's policy positions, it's fine. But AOC is the worst example, a bad example because she's, she's very Uniparty, cutthroat, lies, cheats, steals, all that stuff. 
Like, I don't mind, you know, progressives who believe things I disagree with or who I think might be dumb. Adam Schiff is like on a scale of, you know, zero being you're really dumb and, you know, 100 being you're a really good person who's really smart and and negative 100 being like you're pure evil, vile scum. Like Adam Schiff is a negative 100. He's probably one of the worst human beings I have ever seen, ever, for Mm -hmm. doing anything. And I've seen some bad people. Yeah, as as long as you're not trying to censor us, I'm happy for you to advocate for whatever you want, as long as it's in you know an open forum that's uh, censorship resistant. So it, that that's the thing about Schiff is that he is trying to remove all of the critics. And the January 6th committee, that's exactly what it's for. It's to it, it essentially, in, in my opinion, intimidate people into. Um, not opposing them because you're going to have problems if you do so. I think they just need a narrative for the midterms. Mm. They just need something to say. And it's like, it's how they can keep Trump alive. Like Trump's not here. He's not in the midterms. And they're like, what can we do to say Trump again? That's their plan, man. Tom Penny says, y'all pick on people with blue hair a lot. I have blue hair. <gasps> Ian is great. Luke, thanks for coming back. Lydia's base. Tim's all right. And then a winky face. Oh. Thanks, dude. What is that supposed to mean? He's cool for having blue hair. The Chronicles of Chris says, Tim, look up the story of the second renaissance from Animatrix. Human, humans chose the fate they met. Yeah, I got to be honest. Like in the Matrix, philosophically, what were the humans fighting for? They were fighting for autonomy, right? They didn't want to be in the Matrix, but the machines weren't mistreating the humans. They didn't want to be slaves to the Matrix. They didn't seem to mind going into it. it this is a crazy idea, right? That these people were slaves to the Matrix, to the machines, to be used as power. But the reality was so awful. And, and like you'd eat white sludge for food and like you'd be miserable and awful. But I think the reality is freedom is for the individual and the individual has a right to choose. And the problem was the machines took away their right from birth. So you don't get to take people and tell them, I'm going to make your life better. As a, as a justification for stripping them of their rights. Wasn't there also another dude who was plugging himself into the Matrix so he could enjoy trivial? Uh, no, that was nice the bad things. guy. That was Cipher. He was trying to. He was trying. He, he did he that. Tr- sold them yeah. out to get injected back in the Matrix. But, there, but I think there was someone else. Um, I think there was a short scene where someone was enjoying something like helicopter riding. I forgot. Uh, we should rewatch the whole. Well, uh, they could plug themselves into their own programs. Yeah, and like, so you could you create know. programs where you could do really crazy fun things, just yeah. like the metaverse. Yeah. Could be metaverse propaganda. Very often throughout history, there's been the excuse that stripping people of their rights has been good for them. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's been objectively true. Like, uh, or I should say in the instance of the Matrix, it was objectively true that stripping a person of their rights in the Matrix, they are living a comfortable life in the 1990s where they could eat food and have steak. But in the real world, the world was destroyed. So they're objectively better off in the Matrix, except you don't have a right to take someone's rights away. The machines do not have a right to to take that choice from them. If people were born and then told, here's the world and here's the matrix, what would you prefer? Well, that's a different story. If people had the right to choose, I'd rather live in the matrix. And they say, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to wire you, wire you up. You're going to be fed recy- recycled nutrients from other corpses when they age out and other organic matter. But you're going to get to live in a normal reality, like, like, a, like, a, like an old reality where you'll flourish and, stri- and thrive and do your own thing. Otherwise, you can live in the underbelly of the d- decaying dead earth eating sludge. I don't know. What would you, what'd you guys pick? I like a, uh, I like the underdogs. Uh, I'll probably be eating sludge and fighting I take the, the sludge. machine robots. I take the sludge because you could always plug yourself into your own private program and exactly. eat steak. And eat, yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I don't, I don't know, know why they didn't do that. I know. Huh? The, the huh? cypher guy was like, I want to be back in the Matrix. It's like, bro, 
you can literally just plug yourself in in the ship yeah. and then go anywhere you want and do whatever you want. Like, why would you want to be back in the Matrix? I don't know. Like they don't cook my steak the right way. In well, my... your life also has meaning and value when you're fighting for something. If you're just given everything that you ever wish for, it, it's valueless. Right. We need conflict. We need something, yeah. All right, let's do one more here. Chance Justice says, why not a flat 25% sales tax and no income tax? Poor can save by not spending. Rich pay more for luxuries, and there would be no need for IRS. Agreed. We'll do it that way. Right? No taxes. I don't want taxes. <laughs> Stop giving the government money. They mishandle it, and they give it to their friends. Like, That's true. I, I don't understand. Like, yeah. They're going to give it to Amazon. They're going to give it to Google to build uh, and, and Facebook to build the metaverses and control every aspect of your existence. No, I'm okay. Let the free market speak. Let's let's have some competition to these monopolies out there, for frick's sakes. Yeah, the the yeah. issue with the fiat system is that we're you know we're basically powerless in it, and we're still kind of rearranging the chairs on the Titanic. Mm. Because ultimately, you know, if we're talking about monetary policy, we're talking about the U.S. dollar, which we have really no influence upon. So it, it's really just kind of a ruling class system, which is of course you know why I like Bitcoin so much, but. Um, in terms of taxation, uh, I just, you know, I keep going back to, I'd, I'd just rather have an exit ramp. Mm. Yeah. What do you mean, an exit ramp? I'd rather just decouple the federal government entirely from the economy. Mm. And you cannot do that through uh, reorienting the U.S. dollar because the U.S. dollar will always be controlled by the ruling class. So well, eventually you're, you're going to have to, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, a loop and cap position, but... The, the reality is that I think the economy would be much healthier if the state had zero control over the economy. Damn right. All right, everybody. <laughs> Go to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have a members-only segment coming up. We're going to talk a lot about the uh, – we're going to talk about uh, a lot of the COVID stuff that uh, YouTube does not does not want us to talk about. So uh, greatly appreciate that everyone has been uh, hanging out and becoming a member. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Uh, what, what am I missing here? Subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends, go to TimCast.com, follow us at TimCast IRL, basically everywhere you can follow me at TimCast. And if you are willing to go that extra step, go to Amazon and search for Tales from the Inverted World and pick up your copy of TimCast Books. I don't think we're actually calling it that, but we've, we've got our first book being published. Yes. It's a series of stories on ghosts, simulation theory. Uh, uh, and serial killers. Now, this is just the first volume, and we're already working on the next volume. This book is 275 pages. I'm so excited for this stuff. The next book we're going to be working on, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll maybe be ready in maybe six months or so, is Ghosts of the Civil War. Conspiracies, missing gold, old crazy war ghost stories, UFOs. Is This is nuts we're already getting. And then I think the next one after that is going to be the Chicago Mafia ghost stories, exploring what was going on, the conspiracies, the murder. So it's really, really, it's going to be a whole lot of fun stuff. So again, smash that like button on your way out. Subscribe to this channel. Uh, Jordan, you want to shout anything out? Yeah, if you want to see more of my work, you can check it out at dossier.substack.com. It's awesome that you have a publishing house. That's the way to go. Self-publish. Technically, I guess, sure. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want to hear me speak more goodly and uh, more of my Luke Bonics, you can because I just released two videos today, one on LukeUncensored.com and another one on YouTube.com forward slash We Are Change. I always strive to provide you the information that could help people the most. And um, it, it's great to have some of you guys a part of my audience. I appreciate being here, and it's always a lot of fun. I love that shirt. It really pops. Thank you. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's yeah. Like coming at me. Well, you got to spread the freedom. Yeah, yeah, literally. Uh, it's coming. Uh, it's coming at me. Hey, guys, thanks for coming. Ian Crossland, check me out on Ian Crossland.net. Jordan, I wanted to. It's iancrossland.net. And Jordan, I want to shout out your Twitter. 
Uh, it's Jordan Shaktel. At, at Jordan, Jordan Shaktel. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Shaktel, is that how you pronounce it? Correct. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming. Good yeah, to see thanks you. for having me, guys. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, thank you for coming, Jordan. Thank you guys, everybody, for tuning in tonight. You guys are all more than welcome to follow me at Sarah Patchlitz on Twitter. We will see all of you over at TimCast.com, where you can become a member and get access to a massive library of members-only content and help support our journalists. So again, smash that like button on your way out, and we'll see you all there. Bye, guys. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.